name is Dave Hanratty, and there will be no encore. I almost forgot the catchphrase there because I am hungover, baby. Remember your name, that's anything. Just about, yeah. It's no encore, 357. 357 Magnum, Dirty Harry, <laughs> as they say. You feel lucky, punk. Craig Fitzpatrick's still here. I always feel lucky, yeah. Lucky to be here still. Nice. Nice touch. People are definitely starting to be like, really? This guy another week? Is well, <laughs> I should say, uh, welcome to the Encore Music Podcast, everybody. I should say that last night at the Young Fathers Pop concert I went to, no less than three people, three individual people, who I don't even know if they know each other, on three different occasions, all were like, it's really sad news about Craig, man. Really? Yeah. Michael Shannon. You had quite the night You had quite the night I had quite the night Yeah I'm feeling it today um, I went to a couple of gigs this week A couple one, of gigs? A couple of gigs Oh yeah it's Thursday Jesus I'm losing all well, track of One it. was at the weekend I, so, so I want to just give a mention to uh, Driven Snow The new project from Kieran McGuinness to De Laurentos And Emily Aylmer Formerly of Republic of Loose uh, Presently of a marriage union with Kieran McGuinness They Musical are in fact Musical and yeah, yeah, because like that's the thing. They're uh, they, they're husband and wife teaming up to make the old tunes, and um, it's really good. They played in the Workman's Cellar. Myself and Dahi Odroni went to the show. Lovely Saturday night. Um, they did a handful of gigs around the country. I think like Cork and Limerick and Dublin, and it's very much a new project. There's an album coming out this year, and if you like Delarentos. It's I in do. That, yeah, it's in that kind of vein. I mean, like you, you were talking to me, or you are the the listener. Everyone, yeah. You, no, no, you can you, <laughs> okay, right. you can jump in, like like you're un, unfiltered, unrestricted. You know, you can say whatever you want. Um, it was very nice. They got really good on stage chemistry, which is good because you wouldn't want there to be bad chemistry in a husband and wife situation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You would want that. No, no, but it just I I don't know if it would necessarily mean anything. Would it? Depends. Isn't there a thing of like. Actors that are sometimes married have terrible like chemistry in scenes together. I I believe that's a thing that actors often say. If like if you're actually quite intimate with someone, sometimes that chemistry doesn't translate. Okay, to, okay, yeah. No, it was good though. I mean, Kieran's a very self-deprecating, witty fellow, and uh, Emily is a phenomenal vocalist. I have to say, not that he isn't, but she's really, really good. Because uh, I'm more familiar with him. I'm more familiar with seeing of course, yeah. So it's, over the years it's more such. of a revelation. Yeah, no, it was great. It was very intimate confines of the workman's cellar, and they were. How they close were, was Dahi to you? Uh, how close was Dahi to me? Yeah, we were standing right next to each other. Amazing. Um, it was it was <laughs> fucking packed. Like, like it was. Where are you going with that? I don't know. I just. <laughs> I ordered him to the other side of the room. Like of that, course, of course. Did you ever yeah. see that Seinfeld episode where they go in, they sit down, they're in the cinema, and Jerry and Kramer, and like, Kramer sits down in the seat next to him, <laughs> and Jerry's like, "Can you move down a seat?" <laughs> Kramer, Kramer's like, "Why?" And he goes. If we're sitting in my apartment on the couch watching a movie, would we sit right next to each other? And then, of course, some annoying person comes in and sits in the middle. Um, No, it was a really good show. Um, They definitely have a lot of interesting stuff coming up. Uh, The album, which I have heard, is very good. I don't know when it's coming out. Um, I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to say I've heard it, but I have. Uh, They do my Buddy Valentine cover as well. Okay. Which actually works, I should say. That sounds like Recipe for Disaster, but it's actually quite nice. It's not too at all. It's actually quite lovely. They're really good. Uh, Driven Snow, everybody. Check them out. Excited. Well, I went to another show. I went to another show. You did, yeah. That you were supposed to go to. I was, and like, of course, I mean, I I knew in advance when I was just like, I can't go, that immediately I was going to start seeing messages of like, this show has changed the way I see music, <laughs> <laughs> changed my life. Can you explain how it, it became a situation where I asked you if you got a ticket, you said no, and then you were busy, and I, I, I swooped in with your, well, you're going to come with me. But can you explain the, the delivery system of, of how I told you you were going to the show? 
What do you mean? You just sent me a WhatsApp. But, but I used a very specific uh, image within it that apparently. Oh yeah, it was you. you. It was a little cartoon of you at a piano. Did you have a rose in your mouth? And there's a rose on the on the piano. Okay, it's, okay. It's a bit Maybe I just thing. added the image of you with the rose <laughs> yeah. in your mouth. Craig said he, uh, he was very happy to receive the news, but upset by the imagery that was used. Oh, it was unsettling. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Cartoon Dave. You know, I, I'm sure if other people receive that, they would be like welcome it warmly. But just we have a different kind of relationship. It's, yeah, one that's fracturing as we speak. Of course. course yeah. Yeah. <laughs> episode by episode. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash no encore. It is Patreon.com slash no encore if you want to help support the show. But hang on, so. You, on the day, in typical Craig fashion... Uh, that's not fair. ...turned around and said, actually, buddy, I'm not going to go with you. <laughs> Is that a typical Craig thing? Is that ever... I don't, think that's ever I don't think that's ever happened before, has it? Name one show I haven't been able to go to. Well, this happens quite often. Like, you weren't going to go to that Wild Beast show. I had to drag you to that. I knew you were going to... I, I thought... <laughs> you can't bring I thought when I told you yesterday, you were going to be like... Remember I forced you to go to Wild Beasts and you thanked me for it? I'm forcing you to go oh, to so, this oh, I didn't make enough of an effort, did I not? <laughs> to, to, to beg you to go. I was waiting for a bit of, yeah, just a bit of pushback and no, I would have been there, in, but no. no. We're in acceptance mode now. I have to stand up for myself and I have to be tougher, you know? You do. My therapy is working out. Did I mention my therapist recently on the show and the weird thing he said to me? I can't remember if I mentioned this on the show or not. I think you mentioned it to me, but we were off air. Okay, well, I can tell everyone now. Uh, I don't think he listens, but uh, if he is, hey man, how you doing? Uh, two weeks ago, I was in a session with them. I think it was two weeks ago. Or, yeah, some. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. There, thereabouts. Three weeks now. Who, who cares? Anyway, the point is, it was around the old Valentine's Day coming up week. Oh, I, you're you're telling this story. <laughs> what, what story do you think it was? No, no, no. Yeah, I, I yeah, this is good. Uh, this is good, but I hope he doesn't listen. I, this, I, I'm you're not giving just, nothing away. I'm not disparaging him. No, no, no. Um, and if anything, he gave a lot away by the sense. He things. certainly did. Yeah. So. Sitting in the office and uh, I said, I was like, oh, look, you know, it's I'm feeling a bit lonely lately. You know, I'm just like, it's hard to meet people, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, Valentine's Day was coming up. And obviously, who gives a fuck about the stupid greeting card holiday? But it reinforces those feelings. And you see, you know, every second Instagram story is someone who's like fucking loved up. It's disgusting. They should be ashamed of yeah. themselves. Scum. Subhuman scum. So the point is, right, um, I'm sitting there and I'm just, you know, doing my usual woe is me thing. It's a therapy session. That's what you're supposed to do. And he got out of his chair and he like walked towards the window behind me and he was like, look out there. And he was like, look at all those people. I was like, where is this going? And he was just like, oh, you know, there's someone out there for everybody. And I was like, yeah, I said, you feel that way. I don't feel that way. Mm. And he sits back down. This guy's like, he's got to be like 60s, like probably late 60s, you know, uh, unassuming. Nice man. And he goes... Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. I've been around the block. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry? And he goes... I hope he listens. Reinforced. Did he say it again? Did he say the exact same? There was a moment later on, the conversation had moved on to something else, and he was talking about whatever, and he goes, look, I'm no saint. And I went, I know, you've been around the block. <laughs> and he goes... Callback. And he goes... I fucking have. <laughs> I, f I fucking have. That's what he said. <laughs> How was it delivered, all of this? Oh, like playful and, you know, we were laughing about it, you know. Okay, all right. Yeah, He's yeah. a dark horse. He um, is a dark horse, yeah. Jeez. Uh, and I told him that I got a girl's number there, like, last week. And right. he he lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. <laughs> he was so excited. I can't... Did he ask you for it? <laughs> <laughs> He's a married man. I, he's gonna be. He's gonna be devastated now when I go back next weekend and be like, "Oh yeah, that that went nowhere, man." Sorry. Oh, what happened? Oh, it was nothing. It was just some gal. I I shouldn't be talking about this. 
Go on. Some that... girl who I asked for her number like two fo- during the pandemic or something. I never texted her, and then she resurfaced a thing, and I was like, "Oh, I forgot your number now." Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, gosh, yeah. Gosh. nothing. I was gonna, I was gonna bring her to the gig. Why am I? Look, it's fine. It's fine. This is a whole, you know, it's not a thing. Tell us more about the gig. Who ended up going? Uh, young Fathers. <laughs> Who ended up going? Um, I brought Richard Chambers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my replacement, Newsman Chambers. You can't get mad. You pulled out of the show. I'm joking. You said I can't. Yeah, well, you gave me like what five hours notice to find. I gave someone? you at least eight hours notice. Don't think it was. Maybe I, I don't know. Yeah, I was yeah. hopeful of going. It was um, it was a shame. But no, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you went and had a, a lovely time. I the got Chambers, Rich, Rich Chambers, yeah. He loved it. Yeah, Good. He, he was. Uh, he was working he, he, a late shift or something and he was kind of like oh, I don't know if I can go but then he managed to to make some moves and he was very happy we were in the pit uh, huge thank you to the unnamed person who helped me with that by the way who you know I feel like you're not supposed to name people are you like it's like a, they are a friend of the show though you know who you are and thank you because you made my fucking night being in the pit in the Olympia is a great thing because it it's you know you don't have to be scrounged up against people you got some room to breathe and you're very close to the stage of course yeah. but so Young Fathers phenomenal band Scottish band new album Heavy Heavy out recently it's really good Yeah. Um, so I was very excited about this one what a great way to and I was having a very stressful day like a real death by a thousand cuts like walls are closing in I'm in a bad place got a job rejection all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know and this was the and I almost wasn't going to go because I was kind of feeling a bit under the weather as I have been perennially lately and um, I go to the show we're there and, you know, we're waiting for the show to start and people are filing in, filing into the, the boxes, the, the beautiful opera boxes in the Olympia. And Richard turns to me and he goes, is that Tilda Swinton? And I'm like, I'm sure it isn't. And I turn around and it's Tilda Swinton. She's in. See, I kind of expect her to be at a Young Father show. Why? She just seems very kind of cultured and yeah. with it. And like she was in a Bowie video. So she's super cool. And she's very distinctive looking. So I was like, yep, that's Tilda Swinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there she was, she was there and she was like, looking down at the crowd, people like started to notice her and I thought she was going to wave at the crowd and she like did the queen. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, <laughs> the king. <laughs> <laughs> she's a queen. She's a very cool gal. Um, a cool lady, a classy lady. She's such a groovy She's lady. a tremendous actor as well. I, I really hope she's in Constantine too because her being cast as the Angel Gabriel is one of the coolest and pe- most inspired pieces of casting mm. I've ever seen. I know she's more revered for lots of other more prestigious roles, but I do think Constantine. Constantine. It's good. I like that movie. Okay, so she's there and people are kind of noticing there's a bit of, bit of buzz and people are kind of starstruck obviously because it's fucking Tilda Swinton. She's, you know, in a box looking down. You're like, wow. Tough act How to long do you keep looking at her? Like, what's I, the... I looked away pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> other people were staring. Uh, and I was like, nah, be respectful. But then, <laughs> about four the minutes, <laughs> about four minutes passed by, and Richard turns to me again, and Richard goes, Is that Michael Shannon? <laughs> and I'm like, What? And I look up, and that's what, yeah, it's Michael Shannon. <laughs> Michael Shannon. Together. They were in the same box. There were so, other people there. I think there was someone, someone put up a photograph on Twitter there today, and it looks like the actress Brona Gallagher may have been with yeah, them. She was. So I guess maybe she was the. I mean, are they here for the. Dublin Diff, International Diff, Film guess, Festival yeah. maybe they were filming assume. something yeah. I presume it's that kind of thing or maybe they were just big fans but it was cool it was like wow and like I, I, I didn't want to look too often but every now and then I'd be like I wonder what's, what the activity is like and Michael Swinton thinks it is Michael Shannon yeah Michael Shannon uh, looked stoic and terrifying Okay, because he's a so scary he looking like dude. Michael Shannon. He's got such defined features. Yeah. I'm convinced that he could beat the shit out of anybody with his bare hands mm. he's terrifying man 
He is still just like he's an actor at the end of the day. Do you I know? don't know. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Something about him. There's one of my professionally trained fighters in the world. <laughs> one of my friends. He said he couldn't win the UFC championship. Heavyweight. I'm saying he'd come close. But um. anyway, uh, one of my friends was like, he said that he, if he saw him, he would have had an impending sense of dread. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But he just kind of sat there stoically looking cool. Tilda Swinton, however, any time I looked up, Bop she was away. fucking out of her seat, dancing, having a great time. And it was a great show. It was awesome. They're they're such a brilliant and special band. Uh, there was a seven piece, I guess, full band on stage with with three lads, uh, including their terrifying drummer, who just like much like G Hastings of the band as well, getting very emotional now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as a drummer yourself, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, more than anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a certain thing, you know. You, you, Unless you unless you hit the skins, you'll ne- you'll never know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, G Hastings has like a thousand yard stare, as does the drummer, and like they're just looking in your direction, and I'm like, I'm very intimidated. Like you know, they're very intimidating yeah. people. But, Michael, uh, <laughs> save me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So a couple of backup singers, and just uh, they had a keyboardist slash guitarist guy who looks a bit like Gavin Rossdale of Bush fame. And it wasn't Gavin Rossdale. No, I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so. Is he up to these days? I might be featuring on this very show today. (laughs) 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 Anyway, the point is, right, um, it was just a wonderful gig. Uh, I don't want to rub salt into the wound because I know that you wanted to go, but it was great. I mean, I saw you on IG saying, the best band in the world. I'd had a few drinks, yeah, at that point. Are they the best band in the world? I think they're up there, yeah. Are they, yeah? I think so. You did say their new album's 8 out of 10, but... (laughs) 4 out of 5, yeah. 4 out of 5. You can't give an album full marks on... But like the best live band in the world. Okay, right, it's okay. I think we, we've had this conversation before about the be- the, the quote unquote best band in Britain, like we're the enemy or something. Yeah. And I think the com- like the competition has always been between the you horrors <laughs> and Coldplay, <Fontaine's> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the horrors, Young Fathers, and the Departed Wild Beasts. I think they're like the three best bands coming to Britain for me in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Interesting. Who um, else would you put in that category? Like of the last fifteen, yeah, 10, 15 years, contemporary times, you know. As Jack Gleason said to me when I interviewed him, the the popular music of the of time. Of the time, yeah. yeah. What a yeah. sentence. What a guy. Um, what a sentence. Matty Healy's going to be raging. Yeah. yeah. Well, Not in the conversation. Is. Let him. Let him <laughs> rage. I do think the 975 are a very interesting band. And I do think that they're a very interesting live act as well. Yeah. But I don't think they're on the same level. Their, their music doesn't give me the life-affirming pulse that Young Fathers does. And it did last night. It was great. Uh, everyone was in a fucking good mood. Like, you know, the rapturous as well. It should be said. Like, you know, crowd screaming, just joyous. It was that thing where you're like, yeah, that's an Irish crowd. You know, that, that's a proper, you know. Best fans in the world, mate. Well, yeah, wouldn't get that in, I don't know, Sweden, you know, where it's <laughs> polite. Shots fired. No, but remember the Zara Larson thing that time? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. her part of her rationale was that, you know, there's lots of boring, quiet crowds who don't react, and she wants to change the culture, as we know. So, oh, change the culture. Change the culture. But uh, Young Fathers are part of the culture, and they're phenomenal. Uh, and I would highly recommend, if you ever get the chance, uh, go see them because they're just they're phenomenal. It was a oh, an hour long set, no encore. Ah, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good fucking stuff. perfect. Good stuff. One hour. Give me your best hour and get out of town. Yeah, yeah. and we're going to give you a probably two-hour podcast because, boy, didn't I ramble. Uh, and on this episode, we got lots of music news and we've got a top five that i got to say I'm very excited, Craig. And it was inspired by a throwaway comment that you made last week. Can you yeah, explain? What did I say last week we were talking about? Bad songs on classic albums. We should actually, Sorry, should we do a quick correction for the sake of a listener who made a big mistake? in my Twitter thread when I put out like bad songs oh, of classic right, albums yeah. someone said I think Clive is his name a uh, friend of the show yes I hope his name is Clive <laughs> I'm having one of those days uh, he said let down on OK Computer and people were like what the fuck and then he 
amended it too late after we recorded and said I read I read this wrong I yeah. thought it said best, best song, song. Yeah, okay. yeah it was his favourite song on so, that yeah, record just, yeah. to, just to uncharacter assassinate him there you know yeah and I had, that's funnily enough, as we were talking about that, I had also said, a lot of people are now saying it's the best song in that album, but I disagree. So yeah. we got them on both ends. If anything, just, yeah, okay. you were like, you were <laughs> trapped in a maze yeah. of circular logic there at one point. Um, but yeah, uh, how did we start off? How did so I mention? I picked Why Go by Pearl Jam in the oh, top five. Yeah. And yeah. we talked about the the phenomenon that is Yarling. Yes. Um, Tough of Yarl and Probably popularised by Mr. Vetter. Edward Vetter. Edward, <laughs> Edward T. Ed, Vetter. Edward Vetter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And we, we got into our deep um, Herm Yarl bag, which is um, basically like yeah. the, the personification of a certain type of singer mm-hmm. that was knocking around coffee shops in Seattle in the mid. Uh, early to mid nineties, uh, not the ones that your beloved Fraser Crane would. Oh no, no. Frequent. Um, what was the name of that? Cafe Nervosa. Nervosa. You like yeah. the show more than yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah. That's Cafe embarrassing, Nervosa. Craig. You're embarrassing yourself. Um, but yeah, like, how did we reach a kind of proper definition? I think I've got a few here of you like have, what yarling is. Yeah, you have one, and I, I, I have like a very thorough one as well that we can get into later on. But you, I asked you to put one together for the Patreon preview post. What did you say to me again? That one in said post. It's it's basically melodramatic singing. It's got a constant undercurrent of like a hard or sound. Like you're adding an or sound to every single word you say. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like it's a... <clears throat> it's like that... Are you gearing up to do it? No. I, <laughs> I, I was, it's like that yarl. Like it's, it's, I think the herm thing is almost it closer sounds, to... It's like... Herm, it's, herm, it's, yeah, no, like, let, me, let me try and... I mean, I probably will be doing some terrible impressions. If I, could, if I could sum it up in a brief sentence yeah. for what I think it is... It's, Legendary. It's the, <laughs> no, it's the sound of a road that hasn't been tarmacked yet. <laughs> Wow, interesting. I don't know what that means, but like, Eddie Vedder would love that description. (laughs) If I could try and do like, I'm not going to sing, but I can have it. Well, like, I can try and Go do like, on, I know, like give me like should I is it, should I read like a football like a football match report or something in the style of Yarling if I could try and pull one up right now. Give me a second here. Okay. Um, it's great radio. I've uh, got. Um, <laughs> I I will give you a definition from Michael Azarud. Azarud. Uh, he's written loads of books. He's a good journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said Yarling is. Um, yeah, he attributed it to Eddie Vedder. He said Eddie Vedder concocted that way of singing because it was his original way of expressing himself. It came from a really real place, but then it kind of got codified and made into a formula that didn't even mean anything. It was just sort of like you have to sing like that because that signifies alt rock soulfulness, and it just kind of got repeated mindlessly. I wonder will some mindless versions um, be. <laughs> in our top fives we shall see um, there's another let's see a Jack and Dino one where yeah a sort of barely suppressed letter or sound lurking under every other syllable it's pretty Steve yeah. Turner describes it as singing as though your lower lip is stuck way out yeah that's probably a <laughs> it's, it's like you're, you. Ha, it's a that's very great, that's great it's, it's, it's a very deliberate that. way of singing like it's definitely in affectation I think right you kind of need to tense up every like, like, part of your body kind of to do yeah, it yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah or maybe tense your tongue like it's yeah. and it, there's a kind of marbly Marble mouthed quality. I love like you're not enunciating. So it should be said as well that like two people, Adam being one of them, did say to me when I told them what the top five was this week, they said, and he's doing best and worst. And I said, <laughs> I don't think that applies actually. 
It is simply responded touche. It is simply the Jarl. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is pure Jarl. It's beyond good and evil. Mm-hmm. I think I would have said at the start of my research, it's all worst, baby. <laughs> and then. Whoa. Kind of midweek, okay, I was okay. like, because I was, I, I very much thought, I was nearly going to come back to you, Dave, and be like, will I take worst? And then I moved to a place of kind of grim acceptance <laughs> and was like, oh, there's enough, it's a broad enough church that I can get in some stuff that ju- kind of, I think, actually is Yarling, but it's tasteful and it's probably not what we had in mind. So you I was going to go uh, around the houses. But then... You achieved Jarl's end, is what I'm hearing here. Well, yeah, then I reached Jarl's end where I fully embraced the Jarl and was like, actually... You have to embrace the Jarl. If you dig into the Jarl... You go through the Jarl, you realise that the Jarl was... I but, uh, but there's a danger here. I pick proper Jarl songs. But there, there's a danger here. Like, like if, if, if one stares into the Jarl, the Jarl, Jarl, Jarl yeah. stares back, you know. It's... Eddie Vedder stares back. <laughs> okay, so listen, that's coming up later in the show. Top five Jarl songs. There, yes. will, there will be a timestamp if you, if you can't wait. Because I, I almost can't wait. I'd almost do it now, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, top five Yarl songs coming up later in the show and it is if you love the show patreon.com slash noencore it's noencoreshow at gmail.com if you want to get in touch about anything really um, yeah hit us up hit us up <laughs> but for now it's time for some news start spreading the news is that a Yarl? it's not no, okay it's too free Yarl. start spreading the news Okay. Um, why don't we start with some audio, actually? Because oh, yeah. there was a clip okay. that was doing the rounds over the weekend that apparently, quote unquote, ruined Craig's weekend. <laughs> yeah. So here is Damon Alburn of Blur and Alburn. Gorillas and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Maybe this was a mistake. Damon Alburn of The Good, The Bad, and The Queen fame uh, speaking to. <laughs> fucking brilliant album, that first one. Zane Lowe. And uh, I want you to picture the scene. They're in a gaff um, and. He has like a, a weird old Casio keyboard type thing. And yeah, it's like a Suzuki Omnicord. And there's a, a, a revelation occurs that has divided the internet. Let's listen to it. It just came like that. That's it. That's the preset. It's the Rock One preset. But <laughs> <laughs> it gets even more. Wholesale. 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 Finally. Okay, Craig, why did this upset you so? Um, It upset me in the moment, and I would say within 10 minutes I'd kind of gotten over it. I mean, I did take the time to actually tweet about it, so it was probably Mm -hmm. a bit more than 10 minutes. Um, What's the issue? The issue for me is it's just how stark the reveal was, just how careless he was and just like, oh, yeah. It's how, how... so to break it down, just in case anyone was like this confused is Clint by the clip, yeah. So he has this thing that he found a preset on, pressed a button, there it was. There's your music, and that's it. Yeah, essentially. Makes now the he did signature song off the back of this. Something. It's like the Ting Tings, and um, their only half good song, "Great DJ," which has an Apple Garage Band oh preset. Oh god, yeah, I never the, really got a great DJ either. Thing. Remember everything. They're only on tolerable. They're only tolerable song. Yeah, dreadful stuff. This is good stuff, but I've got to say, when I saw the clip, I just. <clears throat> it, it, it kind of stole the magic. <laughs> it stole my magic, Dave. But hang on. Uh, I, I, I don't mean to keep jumping in your throat here, but I will say I was contacted by a listener of the show who yeah. saw your tweet and was critical, critical of your tweet, because they said, how can Craig be a big fan of Kanye West and his approach to music making if he magpies stuff like this all the time? It's the same thing, no? 
And I said, I will grill Craig on this very subject for you. I mean, he could have, he could have, um, he could have hit me up in the replies of my tweet <laughs> like a like a man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, no, one hundred percent. And I like very quickly. I think in the comments of that very thing, I made the point of like, uh, it's actually kind of genius to use this, which it is. But I can't deny, I would be lying if I said I didn't have a visceral response to it when I saw the thing just of a kind of deflated, um, oh, oh, it's just so ordinary. And I think I was going through a Sunday afternoon moment where I was just like, yeah, fucking life and existence and it's all a bit ordinary, isn't it? (laughs) And then Damon Albarn's just like, here's a preset, mate. It's just a preset. It's all a preset. It's all a pre. Everything started looking like a preset to me. Did did Eric Ten Hag manage to drag you out of this funk by winning the Carabao Cup? Yeah, by tea time I was fucking buzzing. (laughs) It was crazy. Dancing to Clint Eastwood. (laughs) Sonic Architect Adam, uh, this approach to making music, does it it disgust you or are you like, no, man, that's part of the craft? Part of the craft? It's uh, sampling. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and the top makes, punk thing here, aren't we? Yeah, it well, makes, like it's 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 sampling. Like I think it, I, it does feel lazy in the way he kind of, you know, pulls the curtain back and shows you, oh, this this is all that it is. But it's all about like how we make how uh, you know musicians and songwriters make things that are that ordinary become this extraordinary thing. Yeah. Which I think he's upcycling, he, I believe. Yeah, so. well, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, Do you know what? I think wrong, like, in it what for me was the, the drum kind of transition at the end where I'm like, oh, we're into like arrangements at this point, mate. You're not even <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like, well, there's like there is stuff like that, you know, where it, it it's a bit more blatant than others. But like you Dave was saying about the Ting Tings having a garage band sample, Skepta and ASAP Rocky's Praise the Lord is based around a garage band sample as well. And that's great. But that's like, it's that like flute thing, the motif that goes mm. through it. You got Kanye West, you got Daft Punk, you got, you know, any, essentially any French house producer because yeah. like that's, Daft Punk's one is know, a bit more sketchy because like it is in many cases outright theft. Like you're just like, this is gone <laughs> well, beyond I mean, sampling and it's just like well. wild plagiarism. Like, you know. Yeah. At the end, uh, you could argue that the craft is like how you kind of string it all together. But I mean, look, it's, it's a... It's an endless debate that is yeah. going to oh, constantly chase its tail. Speaking of Daft Punk, we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of Random Access Memories. Anyone in this room have any strong opinions about the album? I believe it's your favourite album, Dave. Love it. <laughs> a classic. A masterclass <laughs> in analogue sound. Um, <laughs> listen, I think it's, and it makes sense that, like, this is what Gorillaz is kind of steeped in. See, backtracking. I mean, I, I, mean, I backtrack. If you, if, hold on, I'm calling up my thing. I mean, I'm You're just taking confirming to now. He's getting the receipts, the I believe, I is what the kids say. A week ago. <laughs> Which doesn't make it any better. And Can we get the timestamp on I've the backtrack some, to see I've, if it's posted? I've lost some followers from it. I'm going to have to update my hilarious bio. Let me wow. see. Wow. Um, great content here that I'm yeah, absolutely yeah, going stuff. to leave, leave in. in. Yeah. yeah, Tree 13, I respond with, yeah, he's got plenty of credit in the bank. I jest. Genius to use that as the basis, to be honest. Okay. So, so we're like, how long after that was it? It was less than half an hour later. I had redeemed myself. What a but no, I mean, <laughs> I think it's Sunday you're having. You, <laughs> you're very existential indeed. Yeah, it kind of it quite was. Um, but yeah, obviously intellectually, we know how stuff like that is made. And sometimes actually seeing how we've talked before when we we did the top five samples and uh, some of my clips were pulling together how it was actually kind of cherry picked and magpied. And it's like 
I think I, I spoke about how emotional some of it made me because I'm like, oh, wow, it's like building on other genius works of art and like watching it come together. It's kind of almost more magical than pe- just seeing people mess around with chord progressions. But I don't think you'd disagree with me that the clip, like the way it's presented and the presence of Zane Lowe say, as well, that's probably a, that's a cackling immediately. Yeah. Like, Him dancing around the house. It just, like, it just felt very like, oh yeah, it's, it was just that easy. Yeah, Maybe there was yeah. a part of me that was like, it's just very easy for Damon Albarn to do stuff. Like, do you know what I mean? Okay. So if, if it could just be all that easy, is, life, uh, but is, it's not. Is sadly. sampling killing music, we ask? Uh, is, <laughs> is, is sexism killing music? Pink, uh, the, the uh, former entertainer, the triple threat that is pink, I don't know, Jesus. <laughs> has said that uh, dredging up an old feud that she once helped ignite is sexist of you, actually. Uh, she set out the quote-unquote silly and sexist line of questioning on her new album promotional tour relating to a perceived feud that she had with Christina Aguilera back in the day. So she's been promoting her new album, which is called Trustfall, which sounds like DLC for like Tom Clancy's The Division or something. Um, recent interviews and denied quote-unquote shading Extina, after comments she made about recording the music video for Lady Marmalade back in the day. Uh, that came out in 2001, I believe, for Moulin Rouge. Um, so, uh, this is what Pink said at some point. She said, it wasn't very fun to make. I'm all about fun. And it was a lot of fuss about making the video. Uh, By the way, no one who's ever said, I'm all about fun is ever fun. Yeah, yeah. It's never any crack. No. Fucking I'm crack all about sponge. fun, yeah. fuck me. Uh, Pink put a number 12 out of her favourite videos and she said, there were some personalities, Kim and Maya were nice, uh, end quote. So that's you taking a shot there, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, defending herself against the comments, she then wrote on Twitter, y'all are nuts, Extina had shit to do with who was on that song. If you don't know by now, I'm not shading someone by telling it over and over what actually happened. I'm 0% interested in your fucking drama. If you haven't noticed, I'm a little busy selling. And by selling, I mean tickets and albums and bake sales and shit. Oh, bake sales? I have no idea. Um, (laughs) With the debate still raging online, it says here, I'm sure it isn't. Uh, Pink t- I'm just checking now. Yeah, <laughs> More dead hair. She took to Instagram, put up a photograph of herself and her daughter, and she said, and I quote, I'm so sad and disappointed by the narrative surrounding some of the press I've been doing around my album, while some of the responsibility lays at me and my inability to lie and my uncanny ability <laughs> Excuse to, me. to overshare my real disappointment lies in the fact that the art can never be the focus when you're a woman. 11 albums in, selling out stadiums, raising good kids, <laughs> steadily employing hundreds of good, hardworking people. The only thing they ask you about over and over again is a silly feud from your 20s. She says, I take... Yeah, why don't I deserve a tax break? I'm employing hundreds of people. <laughs> she said, I take responsibility also. Uh, I'm out of practice dodging the bullshit that gets thrown at us hardworking women. I'm notorious for saying too much, but I've never lied. It's Donald Trump-esque at this stage. And for every one or two women I've had issue with, there are hundreds I've commented and supported and loved on. It's actually getting a bit Frank McCourt now at this stage. Yeah, hundreds of people came to I'm see the movie. I love women. I'm obsessed with women. She goes, we don't talk about that. Now, this is where it really gets interesting for me. She goes, we don't talk about that. I wonder when the last time Bradley Cooper or Robert De Niro were asked in interview after interview about any argument they'd ever had. How about Christian Bale? We stick to the art with them, don't we? Uh, hang I'm on sorry. a second. I believe on this very show we played a parody of him screaming at the light yeah. technician from that movie. Christian Bale has a notorious rap sheet. That is a bad example to I, use. A yeah. reputation which precedes him, I believe. Uh, finally, Pink said, to Christina, you know where we stand. Resolved. Onwards and upwards. And thank you all for listening and for the 25 years of kick-ass love and support. Now, I think she protests too much here, and I have yeah. to say, and also, like, far be it from me, a boring cis white male, to say this, but I kind of feel like she's playing the women card in a disingenuous manner. 
Yeah, she's playing every possible card and <laughs> protesting too much. Also, and like, you did start a feud with her. That did happen. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Like, I you don't know. think there was like anything taken out of context. It's, no. It was completely fueled by her. I mean, the quotes... It was a 100% shade. She she could have just included... And again, what's the ex-Tina thing, by the way? It's, it it's one of those ones where... Yeah, but it's also like... Very it's not It's not shorter. I mean, it's shorter written down. It was mainly around the dirty era, wasn't it? So I think did, it's she, meant to be... did she start calling herself ex-Tina? I think so. Okay. I think because I, like Christina is the... Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah, that, that, that is her real name. Yeah. yeah. It's um, like a wrestler persona or as something. As we've established. Listen, uh, I've, I've no truck with pink. Can we talk about the time that you wrote a pink album review and Hopper House butchered it? Oh, yeah. Um, I think luckily... Five out of five, everyone. <laughs> not quite. I don't think... Yeah. <laughs> the score wasn't changed and the contents of my four out of 10 or review... Something, was it like? Four out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Remained the same, but there was an addendum at yeah. the end. And the best part was, because of course, as we talked about in the show before, when Craig and I worked for Hot Press back in the day, uh, a lot of editing would happen behind the scenes and we'd pick up the physical magazine when it came out and I'm like, I didn't write that. That's not even a quote that happened. But like, I remember it got to a point where, you know, it was like an abusive relationship so you had to just kind of turn away from it. So like... I think I was, I think I'd left at this point or I was, you know, kind of very sporadically in and out. But I remember very specifically going into like a Tesco and Drada, picking up the magazine and I flicked to the album reviews and I saw that Craig had reviewed the Pink album and I texted you or something and I was like, man, I was like, you gotta see what they did to the end of your Pink review. Yeah. And you were like, nope, don't want to know, don't want to know. And then you did check. So what happened? Um, so <laughs> they added the... Um what was the actual the, the actual stat? It was like, but yeah, no, she's so managed was, to go. Yeah, no, no. You said something like, you know, you wrapped up with like, oh, I look at hardly her best work or something. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, you're like, was... you expect you expect better from a <laughs> pop scion like Pink. <laughs> and then that was it. You were like, you know, oh, not her best Team work. Team Xtina, yeah. And then there was like a, a new sentence. Yeah, which said, um, you did but, not write. however, <laughs> she, what was it? Like she sold... Mm. Can you remember she's what just the, gone in? She's just gone in number, at two, number two in the yeah. American Billboard Top 100. I don't think you remember it was number I remember, two. I remember this very well. Yeah, yeah. that's why it's even funnier. She's just gone in at number two, <laughs> two yeah. And the American Billboard, and then there was the infamous sign off. So, what, so what do, do, I, do I, know? I know? Question mark. Yeah, yeah. That's great, fucking isn't it? Undermine so your fucking journalist. That happened to me once as well. Now, hopefully, people read it as deep sarcasm <laughs> of like, but what do I know? But, that is funny mm. if you did it in that way, but it, it was clearly it was not. That's not yeah, what it was. It was, a, it was, it was a little like, softening of the. We have to balance this out. I'm make, amazed the whole thing wasn't fucking. Ru- yeah, but anyway. But like, I, I find I, out more on patreon.com forward slash There is actually, I should say, like in the archives, there is like a two two part episode Q&A thing that we did ages ago and I go off for about 20 minute rant on Hopper I think there's a, yeah there's a lot of it I think a lot of part one is uh, deep rooted in, <laughs> yeah, but there's in also like, I believe that's why we had to make history. two parts because yeah. we spent three hours, three hours like, yeah. like on one question yeah, Patreon, tell us about Hopress, I think was pa- the question Patreon. no no somebody was like what, what really went down Dave alludes to it a lot and uh, yeah patreon.com slash no encore you can get that on there um, but hang on I will say there was bootlegs going around the internet <laughs> there, was, there was one there was one that like I, I remember doing like a Rapture review uh, it was their third album I think oh yeah that and one. I had like I was like not uh, it was a pretty positive review and gave like four to five or something and I was like um, not all of it works though and I was like one song you know meanders around to the point of resembling an amateur remix that was the end of the sentence but they added in like a bracket of me going or maybe that's just me. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, like what is this? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Everyone here is wacky. <laughs> no, one has any, yeah. no one has any real opinions. But I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The pink thing, I mean, like, she makes boring music. Uh, I've always yeah. found her, I've always found her, like, rock chick persona to be really, really forced. And as a matter of fact, Didn't I read. You, yeah, recently got 
called out for. Do you remember? Yeah, do you know, there was an article, and the article was like, "Quote: Do you remember when Pink was black?" Because yeah, you remember yeah, when yeah. she first came out, very, very first came out with songs like "Most Girls" and stuff. Yeah, and it was very like taken a lot from R and B to the point that her mannerisms, her way of speaking, mm. like this article that was written said, like she had a black scent. That was the phrase that was used in it. I think it's on Jezebel, possibly, and it was a deep dive into like. Pink's, Pink's persona like was not <laughs> was not cool, and then she pivoted from that into you know doing like the devil horns and sticking her tongue out and you know being a rock Are you gal. Suggesting she's cynical. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, okay. I think she's one of the most cynical artists out there. I guess she gets a lot of props for her live show and all that kind of acrobatic stuff she does and everything. But I don't think she's terribly good. Great bake sales as well. Apparently so, yeah. And even like I did that radio thing recently, but the happy songs and like one of the ones in the scientific study was like "Get the Parties, Get the Party Started." Oh, Get the Party Started is one of the most annoying songs. Yeah. of all time. That's in like Black Eyed Peas territory. Yeah, like, it is. The last thing I will say is this. Um, I think I've said this before, but like when I went to Ozfest 2002 and got the bus down, I would have oh, been where like, this is going in relation to Pink. <laughs> I would have been like I, the, uh, an article I wrote for Joe that a while ago, like a last summer uh, I would have been like 17 I think at the time and I was on a bus you know with lots of draw to metal heads you know lots of tough looking men uh, going down on this bus to uh, Punchestown Racecourse and on the radio Just Like a Pill came on and cut to everyone in the bus yeah. ironically singing the chorus but actually it was quite funny like everyone just belting out that chorus so people I was were like, enjoying it yeah people were having fun but that's the point you know she's laughable mate yeah shots fired shots fired what we got next? Um, Lil Wayne hasn't had fast food for 20 years. <laughs> what a pivot. <laughs> what a weird story this is. Saying low again. This yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave put together the news day this off, week. That fella. And, um, he really doesn't. I and wish you know I had. He's got a great job. Yeah, though, the like, gets he has. It's like, it's just, oh my God. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't ask anything. Like, he doesn't ask any questions. It's All compliment can, and then, yeah, it's open-ended compliment and then they just fill in the, oh yeah. It's a bit it's like, like oh, I don't want to kind of shit too much on him, but he's kind of like Piers Morgan and Ronaldo a little bit in, yeah, the, yeah, in yeah. the way that the He's nowhere near as objectionable as, as Piers Morgan. Oh, no, no. No, but, no, but I, phones more, so, know of. more so talking about like just the kind of congratulatory nature of oh, yeah, like what it's, is it's, the, it's supposed to be an interview. No, he's yeah. just really lovely. Like, you know. He might be. From New Zealand. I don't actually have, nice. I don't have that much of a problem with him. I really don't. Anyway, look. So uh, Lil Wayne talked to him and said, when, like, when I was 19, I moved to Miami. My mom is a chef and she was very happy uh, for the move because New Orleans is crazy. One thing she really wanted me to do was get a personal chef. So from the age of 19 until now, I've always had a personal chef. I haven't eaten any fast food forever. I don't know what McDonald's smells like. Um, and then he said, uh, I don't have a workout routine. Only gyms I know is Jim Jones. I can't lift weight. I don't do no workout. So there you go. I, I mean, the, the thing that stood out for me with this story was like, oh my God, Lil Wayne is still so young. <laughs> like, 40 years old, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I suppose he kind of exploded when he was 17, I think. It was, like it he was stopping Billboard charts when he was... Outcast time, really, wasn't it? Like 90, Late 90s, like yeah. Lil Wayne is around since... Um, I think Summertime for Humanity might have been when he came out. And um, Allow me to check the archives. Okay, please do. But... um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that new The Carter as well because said, the last one was very good. He said it's, it's going to be the best one yet. Um, I believe him. I believe him. An artist wouldn't just say that. No, no, Throw no, that no. statement around willy-nilly. Not at all. But, but um, also, I mean, like, what if it's not good though because some elder statesmen of the hip-hop genre have been speaking out. They have. Ice-T says that hip-hop suddenly became uncool 
Uh, coincidentally, right around the time that his own record sales began to dip, he observed a quote-unquote paradigm shift in the hip-hop scene during the mid-2000s, which is when he last released an album, a uh, solo one anyway. Gangster Rap was what it was called. He's been doing stuff with... He went back to Body Count, and they have a new album coming, I believe. But um, in a recent interview with Variety, Ice-T said that the change in nature of the hip-hop scene left him feeling, quote, uncomfortable. Uh, hip-hop changed... The music got goofy to me. The kids started looking weird. Mm. It all turned into something I wasn't comfortable with. There was a point where I was selling tons of records. Then it cooled off. I felt a certain way. Then I realized <laughs> Public Enemy... What an AI response, that is. <laughs> I then I realized Public Enemy, Rakeem, Big Daddy Kane, and Wu-Tang Clan weren't selling records either. There was a paradigm shift. These kids got softer. And soft is not something I'm able to give to audiences. The first word in hip-hop is hip, so how something stays hip for over 10 years is difficult. Well, is a bunch of hop. <laughs> With the hippin' and the hoppin' and the vippin' and the boppin', and they don't know what the jazz, jazz is all about. Is all about. Uh, he goes, I still do my iced tea art of rap shows, which is my legacy hip-hop. Think of it as like seeing Frank Sinatra. You want to hear the classics. This guy's crazy. He got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame recently as well. Oh, great. Good for him. Um, it, this is hilarious. Uh, I have some updates on the Lil Wayne oh, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any guesses as to what years he is active without looking at the screen behind me, years which contains act- the like, information? I'm not looking at it. Uh, years as I, in when he first... I think he yeah, was late the first, 90s. The first year active. Any guesses? How old was he? No, no, no. Year active. As in like what year? Uh, you know on the, yeah, Wikipedia, yeah, yeah. it's like weird. 99 is too perfect, so I'm going to say 98. I'm going to say 95. Whoa, Ding, 95. ding, ding. Dave gets it. Yeah. He must have been a child. <laughs> I'd say he was like <laughs> well, he's forty now, so hold on. So he was do some quick maths. Uh, Twenty years. Yeah, carry the one. Ninety-five, twelve. Um, no, that's not right. <laughs> not, See what? Hold on. No. 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 This. Is, why is this so? Eighty-three. Yeah, twelve. What? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? That is. Um, my dad. My dad was a maths teacher, so he's, uh, oh I'm sure he's god. smiling down at me right now. Oh my god. Child oh. star, Lil Wayne. Child prodigy, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What a legend. Ice-T, by the way. Did you ever see that John Mulaney clip about Law & Order SVU, I think it is, that Ice-T was on? And he's like a detective in it or something. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, very yeah. good in it. So he? I've never seen it, yeah. but like John Mulaney has a bit where he's talking about how he's like, he's like, I'm watching Law & Order SVU, and he goes, and Ice-T's in it. And apparently there's like a scene where like, you know, they find like a... Uh, Either a serial killer or a pedophile or something like that they're investigating. Because it's that kind of show, Typical, you know? Yeah. It's edgy. And apparently, like, um, he does, like, he goes, he goes at an ice goes, so you're telling me that this guy, you know, like, he gets off on little girls who got pigtails or whatever. And then John Laney goes, yes, Ice, he's a pedophile. You're going to have to get used to that kind of thing working for this division. He's <laughs> 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 constantly shocked at the depravity much, of yeah, the yeah, cases yeah. on I'm a sure week he's by week basis. Yeah. He's in the film oh, Trespass. Sorry. With, uh, that film Trespass with Ice Cube, which is okay. I believe the Leprechaun. Is he in the Leprechaun? He's in one of the Leprechauns, yeah. yeah. I think, like, well, who, who wasn't? You know, it's a, I'm amazed cliche. that, like, an album was released in 2006 that was called Gangster Rap. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't believe... Used that title already. I can't believe he said the first word in hip-hop, of course, is hip. And, you know, like, <laughs> Grandpa Simpson thing ever depends yeah. on the delivery. Maybe it was again, yeah, yeah, it's one of like, those you know, yeah, yeah. no, he's he, a legend. He's very funny on Twitter, isn't he? He's, he's got the whole thing where he's insane on Twitter. I think he's he's good crack on there. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. yeah, didn't call him meet him in the street. What in the street? Am I wrong? Where? When he was in America just before the pandemic was that, that sounds... not a thing? When they were filming something? In fairness, that is a very cool Morgan thing to happen. I think. Hold on. You gonna text him? He won't get back to you. <laughs> More he, dead air. We'll he, get back. He, to he doesn't. He Colin doesn't text. Tell him to send in some audio. I can. 12, I can drop hours. it in here okay. if he did meet Ice T. Yeah. Right. Okay. Perfect. Ask him to to voice note the Ice T story if he has one. 
and we'll, if we can get it onto the show, we will. But I, I guarantee you, he will not text back for like a day. Okay, all right. Let's he's, leave he's, that hanging in the balance. Yeah, it? text him though. Text him. Okay. Cool. So uh, moving on, a couple more news stories. Uh, a Premier League boss has re- revealed uh, interesting music taste. Everton manager Sean Dyche, uh, this is prior to him getting shellacked four 0 by Arsenal, I believe, midweek, has admitted. I love this. Admitted he's a big fan. Like fucking. Gun to the head, like he's admitted, <laughs> okay, okay, you got me. <laughs> yeah. He's admitted he's a big fan of Kasabian, U2, and house music. In an interview last weekend with BBC, who's that last band? <laughs> <laughs> in an interview with uh, with BBC's Football Focus last weekend, the former Burnley manager also revealed that he once went to the Hacienda. Uh, I love music. Quote. Probably my go-to is like Kasabian and stuff like you too. I love house music. I love dance music. I love rave. Back in the day, Hassian and all that, wasn't it? Dropping all the ones and twos. Dropping all the what now? <laughs> uh, he told BBC Sport in a separate interview that he shared a stage with Happy Mondays at Nottingham's 2022 edition of the Splendour Festival. And he told ESPN, we're doing the rounds here. The early music I heard was Top of the Pops, uh, but in bedrooms around the house with my brother playing the Sex Pistols, Sham 69, The Jam, New Romantics, blah, blah, Big Into the Stone Roses and The Verve. Like he got really into this. Like, like he really proper, like, because you know how most managers and footballers just say the most basic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not really a lot of humanity Can or Can you imagine Sean Dyche, like, coming up? <laughs> <laughs> just no, like, second match. summer of love. During a match, on, during a touch, match. on the touchline. <laughs> <laughs> just coming towards you to give you a big bear hug. Yeah, he goes, I've always had an open mind to it. I was never trend-specific on bands. This guy's good. Just get him on this podcast. More open-minded than I see. I didn't say, oh, that's the band. Look at me. I found this new band, which many did in my era. <laughs> it was more a case of that's a great song. The manager, Everton manager, also went on to say that over the years, he's been to a lot of concerts. And I quote, <laughs> Again, he says... these AI-generated responses from these people is just amazing. Yeah. That's actually the, the enemy writer here. But uh, Dyche continued, quote... Is it a writer anymore? Hey, <laughs> I've seen Green Day. I thought they were amazing in concert. I saw Metallica. I'm not a major Metallica fan, but I like music enough to get invited and I went. Hold on. I like music enough to get invited. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Everyone knows I love music, so <laughs> just yeah, invite, invite me to your concert. Day. I will go for free. He 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 then turns us into a beautiful football manager speak now yes. in a second when he goes, I've seen Jay-Z and Kanye West. I really like high performers, to be honest, <laughs> and I really like listening to them. Yeah, a great XG from Jay-Z. And his dream would be to go to Glastonbury. He saw Oasis at uh, Nebworth in 1996. Sean Dyche. Who oh, yeah. And he says Glastonbury because he's like, I'd really like to go to Network. I haven't been to Network. Sorry, not Network. Glastonbury. I was at Network, by the way, for Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> Kindly, Stuart Pierce and Scott Gamble sorted that out through Creation <laughs> Records. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a man. Uh, and finally, this week, uh, staying with football and music, uh, Bohemians, Bose, everyone's favourite um, progressive woke team. Bose. Nothing wrong with being woke, man. I'm not taking a dig. Stay woke. Um, uh, they now can claim the ultimate hipster club status. Yes. Uh, they've announced a plan to become a vinyl-only football stadium. The Dublin Football Club will team up with the recordhub.com, Irish online store. Yeah, a client of mine. Is, is that right? <laughs> and yeah. also great for collectors. They often have um, some stuff that's quite hard to find on there, would you believe? Yeah, that's the recordhub.com. Please sponsor us, recordhub.com. <laughs> yeah. um, three seasons from 2023 to 2025. Uh, Day Park will play exclusive Exclusively vinyl, I should say, over the stadium PA. How's that going to work? Yeah, um, they'll host genre nights at the, the turntables and big speakers. It's all good. <laughs> vinyl fan giveaways. Here's the Get quote: too technical with us. <laughs> uh, Hugh Scully, the managing director of Red Club, says Bose is one of the most innovative, creative, and forward-thinking football clubs in Europe. Thrilled to become their partner. History Museum, Dayman Park is special. Blah 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 blah. Um, 
do we think that this is cool? I do. Or is it a bit? I don't know. It's it's, like someone it, I saw someone put up and they were like they're re, they were like Bows are really trying hard now to just be like the <laughs> ultimate in hipster, you know, like cool. I don't really care. I, I think it's whatever. And like it's. Whatever. I was saying to uh, to you only last week that um, Bows are technically a team I should probably be supporting. You were saying outside you're of like leagues. My dad's from yeah. like Fibsborough, yeah. so. Bose would be his team. West Ham fan. And of like being entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and East London. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm being courted at the moment, actually, for my... For my so, you're signing for Bose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the age of 38. Um, I'm wildly out of shape. Um, oh, Richard Chambers has been trying to... Well, I went you've to... You've gone to a game. I went to a Bose game with Richard yeah. right uh, before the pandemic happened. I think it was the last game of that season. And I was like, this was great. I'll definitely be back. And then the pandemic happened. But and Richard is currently trying to get me to go to a Bose game with him. But David Higgins, Higgs, is a, is a Pats man. Oh, he's the same Pats athletic man, and he invited me to a game last Friday, but I couldn't go. So it's hanging in the balance. I don't know who to who to choose. Should Having left my um, Drogheda, I went to lots of Drogheda games back when I was younger because the stadium was literally up the road from my house, and I saw many a rainy night of them being whomped four nil. <laughs> And eventually I was like, you know, I think I'd rather watch like Paul Scholes on television or something. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Um, Paul Scholes, who does not like music. <laughs> I think in his interview with like, you know, Neville's overlap or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was like, well, what music are you into? He's like, don't like music. Never like music. What the fuck? And like Neville's kind of cajole him because he's like, this is weird. And he's like, yeah, you like some of that stuff. Like, but like Stone Roses. Like, yeah, I like the Stone Roses, but nothing else. Imagine just liking the Stone Roses. <laughs> Jesus. Because you happen to be in Manchester. and then like, weird you know, CD collection. Yeah. It's depressing. Um, yeah, no, fucking, I don't know, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, Drotto, when they won, when they finally won the, the Premier Division or whatever it's called back in 2007, I was so off the train at that point that I didn't, I didn't, you know, just jump back on to be like, yeah, man. I was like, nah, nah, I've, I've walked away from it. Yeah. But uh, League of Realms fun. I've been to a few games. It's, it's good crack. I'm one getting one over by Bose though. I mean, there was a there was a photo of Jeremy Corbyn rocking a Bose top, and I'm like, Jesus that, Christ, that, it yeah. is the fucking team. So the Dublin Bose one as well. Mm. Okay, there's one final thing. There's one place we have to go before we do the top five. Hit okay. the music. I have an important Kiss Corner update. Go on. I went to a party last Friday night. I got chatting to a guy. I asked him what was the best gig he'd ever been to in his life, and he said, "Kiss in Dublin." You and Gene Simmons. And that's, <laughs> at a party. and that's Kiss Corner for this week. All right, top five time. Let's get into it. It's time to yarl our way to the top. Herm Jarl. Um We talked about it at the start of the show. I think Craig gave a fairly decent definition of it, um, but just as a refresher. Let yeah, me. it's that kind of uh, kind of maybe quite affected. Although you know, some of the main proponents probably did it naturally, and then it just became this. Uh, I did see it referred to as um, all the singers that ended up doing it were were veg ringers, which I quite like. Oh, that's good. Was the yacht rock guys called it that. Um, but yeah, it's just very it's 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 melodramatic. It's deep. It's got a kind of uh sound to it. Um, I was kind of wondering about the origins of it. Can you see where the lineage may come from? Like well, a, I yeah. have this very in-depth definition from okay. uh, the website tvtropes.org. Do you ever see that website? TV Tropes, yeah. It's like this website that like refers to like all kinds of arts and entertainment stuff and they have like cliches, etc. or tropes and like if you ever try and go on this website like there's a link every three seconds into another like it, it, it would take you hours and hours and hours like you get lost in it but like it's quite informative at times. So I won't read out the whole thing because it's quite fucking long, but here's a summary. 
Yarling is a singing style popularised in the 90s, in particular in grunge and post-grunge bands, and has featured in a lot of indie music since. It dates back much further, however, having mm. been popular with folk singers since at least the early 20th century. And many famous rock singers, such as Jim Morrison... Now this is, yeah. ...and Johnny Cash, also employed a style strikingly similar decades prior. However, it was only given a name in the post-grunge era. Yarling from this period has been dubbed as the grunge drone, nose yodeling, hunger dunger dang and more recently, ham singing, as an onomatopoeic rendition of what the lyrics allegedly sound like. It is characterised by a nasal baritone drone, with many of the words being slurred or unenunciated, thus making singers who choose this style prone to becoming the unintelligible. (laughs) And a little bit annoying. (laughs) And then later on, it wraps up by saying, uh, the biggest point to be made is Yarling is a dubious tool of post-grunge and nowadays an easy ticket to critical backlash and commercial success. See also... Perishing alt rock voice, which frequently perishing. overlaps with this trope. <laughs> wow, perishing alt. That sounds a bit more feeble, though. Uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I like. I I kept coming back to. It's interesting that it's, Johnny Cash. I wouldn't have figured on really. Although there is a definite like dollop of country and probably people from the Pacific Northwest trying to get a bit of like um Southern authenticity into what they're doing and a bit of blues in through the back door. Like I I think um. Probably John Fogarty was like the standard bearer, maybe alongside Jim Morrison. Like all that kind of creed and stuff is very like that. You're getting into proto Yarl there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My epiphany of realizing I actually think I like a lot of Yarling was proto Yarl. And Adam, if you don't mind, a little clip of um, someone who's a bit of a, a boss at doing it. I love that. It's Bruce Springsteen yarling away. He could bring it on occasionally. That is that is Yarl, right? Is that a good I think marker? It's I think it yeah. falls under the Yarl. Yeah. Okay. It's in Yarl territory. Yarl umbrella, rather. Yeah. So uh, actually, why don't you go first, Greg? Because I, we anticipate crossover this week. Yeah. I have some backups if that happens and if I deem them necessary to throw in. Oh, interesting. Okay. But also, I kind of feel like, you know, I want to finish on a very strong note. <laughs> so, you go first. Okay, I'm going to start with... Um, I'm sorry, sorry. I, I know I'm doing that annoying thing where I was interrupting you and I apologise. Just to clarify again, it's not best and worst. You've, you you appear to have gone on some kind of weird... <laughs> I'm yeah. Zen Jarl now. I'm, yeah. A Jarl-tastic voyage. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think I think a lot of the stuff I've comes from a place of love. Yeah, I was tripping out in the desert with the Lizard King and I discovered the, you know, joy of the Earl. Um, so this is a band where I actually had two possible picks for this one. I'm going to go with my standard one. Um, so at ease, Adam. Adam's immediately like, more fucking work. <laughs> Adam doesn't have a mouse this week, so he's got like a very elaborate, complex setup and there's wires everywhere. And I I, I have no idea why, uh, how this happens. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. So, so it's do, actually going to be very irritating. Making my life very to. difficult. <laughs> Not, I'm making my own life. You guys are fine. Everything is in order as it should be. But Yeah. The yeah. one I'm going for is um, a bit of a belter. The, the other one um, I had picked was more of a revelation, but it was calmer. And I actually, I, I get quite like, acoustic-y and things get a little melancholic in the rest of the top five um, just word of warning so I wanted to start like straight out of the traps this is a band I think fittingly at number five because they were never considered part of the the big four of the Seattle sound Leave it. 
fucking love this song. Yeah, it's Interstate Love Song, Stone Temple Pilots. I picked this recently. Even, even, did you? I forgot what one it was, but yeah, definitely. Even the guitar line is yarling, I think. Yeah, I know it is. Yeah, Scott Weiland's there, uh, the late great. The late great, yeah. Um, this might be a bit of a feature as well. Sadly, a lot of these singers have just gone way before their time. Um, and yeah, Stone Temple Pilots. We're never an act, really. That they were on my radar, but something kind of always put me off, and I yeah. kind of regret it now. Same, because, same. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they weren't part of the kind of yeah big four, I guess. Um, who the big four? Big four would be Nirvana. Who? Kurt Cobain, not a yarler, I think. Kurt no. Cobain will often, you know, uh, feature in my list. I'm losing the will to speak there. Um, but yeah, Alice in Chains. For yeah, sure, definitely. Soundgarden, yes, and Pearl course, Jam, Pearl Jam, yeah, 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 are the heavy hitters. And Stone Temple Pilots, it seemed when they came out, like they had instant success, but they were characterized as trend chasers a little bit. They weren't from Seattle; <laughs> they were like from San Diego. So I think everyone's like, "What's going on here?" Like they're not. They were good. Where are their flannels? Brilliant. And yeah. Scott Weiland like adding some glam to it. Um, he was a great frontman. Yeah, it was kind of grunge pop but it was brilliant and his melodies like I really got into a Stone Temple Pilots bag where he wrote great stuff lyrically it was kind of lightweight at times but mm. fantastic this is is beautiful um, Adam is a big fan of the song Plush I know that much yes yeah. it features on Grand Theft Auto San Andreas's Radio X it does yeah, yeah. now Plush is like one of those ones where it's a belter and I love it but I can see why when they came out Pearl Jam fans might have been like, what do you do? What? This is like even flow, isn't it? Yeah. It kind of is, but it's, it's man, I, I think, might prefer it. I think it's Plush. Yeah, 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 Plush is really good. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, even like if you just listen to the music by itself, it's just an excellent, excellent song. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, like, yeah, but I, I will say, like, because I, I think a lot of the ones I picked are like, there's a, a, there's going to be a lot of laughs, you know, like, they're, like, the, the, like, this to me, I love I love this vocal. Yeah. I, I don't find it like laughable at all. I, I think it works perfectly. It's so eccentric as well. Mm-hmm. It sounds gorgeous. Yeah. But yeah, but do you think? I guess what we're, what we're getting into, like it, how performative, like does it take you out of? Like, you're like, oh, it's a bit distracting, mate. Or no, I don't think he does. He was really versatile as vocalist as well. Like I think only the first album and then into the, like this is purple. So those kind of first two. They were in the grunge bag a bit, and it did seem like, like they were renamed by their label. And actually, I I'm telling a lie because I think I think Core was maybe the second record as opposed to their first. So Purple would have been their third. They had, or they might have had an unreleased album. But I was just looking at like what featured on it, and they were like, there was some weird kind of like detours, and they're trying out different sounds, and they did seem like a band that were trying to land on something that would maybe work commercially for them. Which I think is no real kind of, you know, it's nothing to be kind of outraged about. And they landed on something that was fantastic. But everything thereafter, like once they hit the mid-90s, they weren't going for grunge at all. He moved away from the Arl. Um, <laughs> can, can you ever? Move moved back to it for the other song I was going to pick out, but people can listen to it of their own uh, accord, is a song called Atlanta, which is like absolutely beautiful. But he goes back to the Arl and he sounds exactly like Jim Morrison <laughs> and it sounds like a Doors song and I'm like this is brilliant I'm going to go back and listen to the Doors and I went back and I took on one Doors song and I thought this is terrible <laughs> Stone Temple Pilots yeah. better than the Doors were at being the Doors 
Yeah. Sure. yeah. I mean, I'd be concerned if you were like, I got so into Jarl Zen that, that I, I like the doors. I now. like the doors. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, fuck, we've broken them. I turned around very quick and <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was very concerned. concerned. Yeah, genuine concern. Uh, also, don't forget to go back if you've never heard our No Popcorn episode on The Doors, oh, yeah. in which Craig guested, uh, much to his chagrin. That's a good one. Also, yeah, that's Interstate Love Song by Stone Temple Pilots. If you've never heard it for whatever reason, please rectify that. It's a classic song. I did pick it before, though. I can't remember what it was for. But mm, it, it doesn't matter. Bell. What matters is proceeding with the Earl. Uh, number five for me. This is a very easy hit, but it had to be here. It's uh, Wherever You Will Go by The Calling. That's, yeah. that's uh, Alex Band there. His name of the frontman, Alex Band. I mean, a lot of this kind of style of Jarl <laughs> that I will be tapping into is... Sorry, Alex Band. His name is Alex Band, yeah, yeah. yeah. Featuring John Guitarist. I know. It's, <laughs> and Paul <laughs> Drummer. Steve Drum, yeah. yeah no, um, fucking Alex Band, right? <laughs> it's great. Uh, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. Alex Band. And um, The Calling, Wherever You Will Go. I mean, like, this style of vocal is, like... I mean, it sounds like someone having a stroke. Like, let, let's be honest about it. Girl. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Um, this was a huge hit. Uh, it came out in, I think, 2001, was yeah. it? Uh, like, I want to look this up now, so hang on. I have some notes. Yeah, debut single of The Calling, uh, released on the 22nd of May 2001. The first single from the debut album, Camino Palmero, their most renowned and successful hit. And, yeah, it was... It topped the adult top 40 on the Billboard Hot 100 for 23 weeks, marking it as the second longest running number one in chart history behind Smooth by Santana and Rob Thomas. (laughs) Peaked atop the music charts of Italy, New Zealand and Poland. Number three in the UK. I think it was number eight in Ireland. I could be wrong. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's your typical emotional bullshit song. It is about, you know, someone's like grandmother passing or grandma's best friend passing away or something like so, you know, fair Oh, is it? Well, hang on, there's a line here. Songwriter Aaron Kamen said, At the time my grandmother's best friend had passed away and she left behind a husband of fifty or more years and I was at the funeral afterwards. I started thinking about what it'd be like to be him and have your whole life change so dramatically and not for the best in a matter of moments. Someone that you live and grow with and are one with just to be gone is crazy. And I figured all he ever thinks about probably is finding a way to get back to her or be with her or make sure she's all right. That was the sentiment behind that. Now, that is very nice sentiment. Yeah, no, 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 I can't criticise it. You can, because that's lovely sentiment. But we get this generic as fuck, just so plastic song. Like, there's nothing... It, like it's not the worst song I've ever heard, but it's just it's so radio. It's it's a Formulaic. definition. It's you, engineered for the radio. If you were giving a, a, like if you were a teacher in BIM or something, and you were like, okay, here's how to write a radio friendly song, this would be in like your PowerPoint presentation, wouldn't yeah. it? And that's again, like I don't like you know I love Girls Aloud, so like that's fine. But there's something about this. It's the sound of fucking like you know trying on clothes and Jack Jones. Like there's just nothing to it. It's feather light. Uh, it's the sound of like rubbish soap operas, teen soap operas of the time. Someone getting their heart broken. I assume it's in the OC at some point, is it? Beverly Hills, oh, no. I would say it's One Tree Hill. One Tree Hill. Leave One Tree Hill alone. Okay, perhaps. Yeah, possibly. You now can we talk about something a bit more serious? Alex Band. We all had a good laugh at his name. Now, in 2013. Oh no. Okay. Sorry. He told police he was abducted, beaten, and robbed just hours before the group announced a comeback effort. Oh my gosh. He suffered a fractured lower spine, 15 stitches to his lower chin, three broken teeth, 
and was bruised on the side and stomach from a baton beating, his publicist said at the time. The singer countered speculation that the attack was related to his drug use or a hoax. He said, mm. this just happened to me. I didn't kidnap myself or beat the crap out of myself. So the whole hoax thing is kind of disgusting to even think about or hear, he told CNN. He said that he was walking in the street after performing a music festival at 3am. Two men forced him into a van and basically by the shit out of him, left him on like a train track or something. Um, but people were kind of speculating if it was like a Jussie Smollett type situation. Yeah. You know him. Interesting. Um, yeah, and it's just a very weird story. And I guess there was no further kind of talk about it. So I guess it was a real thing that happened. Okay. But it was also like, you know, there was a weird kind of cynicism from the press that were like, this ordinarily wouldn't be a news story if they hadn't, you know, it said, like, this is like this is like a CNN, this is how the article ends on CNN.com. The comeback announcement would normally get little attention in the media, but coverage of bands' alleged abduction put the calling back into the headlines. It's like, Jesus. Jesus, yeah, that's a certain way to frame so, it. So in summary, horrible incident, uh, nice sentiment behind the song, it's still bad. Is This is like second wave Yarl, would you say? Big time, yeah, okay. no it is. So but this it, is like when... Yarl. The, the early, uh, new Yarl. New Yarl. You leave new metal out of this. I watched the one starring Jet Li there before I came to the studio. That is the most new metal film of all time. It's hilarious. Oh, God. The needle drops in that movie are fucking... It's outrageous. Oh, outrageous. Was this, they'd commodified the Yarl here. And it was just like, yes. the no early harsh. proponents were like too troublesome and a bit like, you know, Scott Weiland, he wants to be his own man and we can't quite rein him in. Let's get someone that will do a proficient job it's and just, has it's, talent, it's generic, but will just fall in line. It's just so, yeah, it's nothing. Well, I've got something and it's not quite yet my number four. I have audio from Colm O'Regan that I have forwarded to <gasps> yeah, oh. Zara's Bozos. Adam, if you can somehow call can up. You, can you explain Zara's Bozos so that anyone listening has any <laughs> <Yeah>, chat <laughs> with Zara? Because we are, we are going to do this on the pod now. We're in a group yeah, chat yeah. with Zara and Zara uh, nicely named it Zara's Bozos because that's what we are to her. So. I think I named it Bozos but she'd been, because she'd been calling us just Bozos she casually. Does, yeah, she, she, she says mean things sometimes. She's, yeah, it's part of her. It's part of her charm, isn't yeah. it? It's you know. We love so. you, Zara. Yeah. Anyway, shall we, we listen? Yeah, let's give it a spin in real time. Hang on, before we play this, what did you ask him specifically? I asked. No, I said you met Ice T, right? <laughs> Recording an episode, send audio or something like that. <laughs> Excellent. Oh yeah, me and Trace go way back. Uh, yeah, I met him once on the street in New York in Chinatown. They're filming SVU. And uh, yeah, he was a nice dude. We had a little chat, he took a photo, he flirted with my wife a little bit. Standard issue, really, kind of what you'd expect. And uh, yeah, that that's all I got with Ice-T, though. Uh, didn't exactly trade phone numbers or anything. Phenomenal, uh, phenomenal. I love hearing Colin's voice again. I know, yeah, it kind of makes me a bit sad, to be honest. Uh, can I, sh- shall I jump in now and just say that he's going to come back for a guest episode soon. We'll have him soon, guys. We'll have him soon. <laughs> I got to fucking break out the big guns, Greg, if you, you do, in, in, you your, do. in your upcoming um, absence. Anyway, back to the lists, I guess. Yeah. And for my number four, it's a, a couple of big guns. And this is probably my most opaque or kind of like, you know, around the houses, not quite typical, like grunge type stuff. But actually, you went it's so a, in depth on this one. I'm so proud of you. It's a, yeah. And it's a deep cut from like the heart of grunge. <laughs> Two yarlers. One, I think, one who popularized the form alongside Better, and the other one who I think is a natural yarler who wouldn't be considered a yarler. He's like the Urtext. <laughs> I put Adam off there by sticking in my stupid Urtext phrase. And you know what? I do it again. I enjoy the Urtext phrase. Let's do it. It's good. It's good. Oh, it's a storm in my head. 
I'm mainly pleased I got a song that has like what I think is a marimba into yeah. a, a Yarl top five. That was awesome. Uh, that is Mad Season. It's Long Gone Day. And it's um, Lane Staley and Mark Lanigan, who I think isn't Yarl. No. But he's what Yarlers are trying to do, if that That's makes any fair. sense. And also he's rest, got, rest yeah. in peace to both men. Both men, yeah, really sad. Um, Mad Season, I wasn't familiar with that supergroup. That record. I'd heard of it. I've never really like got into it. Yeah, but it is worth the spin. That was gorgeous. Yeah, really, really nice. That's probably the most, it's not too out there, but it is kind of like, you know, jazz lounge grunge, which is interesting. And there's some interesting saxophone on it as well, which is great. <laughs> but the rest of it is kind of quite um, reflective, introspective, um, uh, folkier end of grunge. And it's really, really nice. The band was a supergroup formed uh, by Mike McCready. Of Pearl um, Jam. Of Pearl Jam fame and another couple of lads from <laughs> from the scene. It was essentially um, him and um, bassist John Baker Saunders, who I think had just gone through rehab either together or kind of separately, but they were like in a place where we want to work on some music and be in a good space kind of together. Yeah. Um, so they invited Lane Staley, who by by all accounts, just to put him in a place where he would maybe, and you know, for people that don't know, kind of, I, I guess Seattle at the time, you can assume most of the people were on heroin, like, and that's not even being flippant. No, it was no, you're just, not being flippant at all. Yeah. Like, 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 again, I referenced it recently, but that I remember reading that book, that Pearl Jam biography, Five Against One, and I haven't re- read that in many, many years, and I must go back to it because uh, it was written by a Rolling Stone writer, and it was very, very in-depth, and there was lots of stuff about the scene and about acts like Mother Love Bone and how yeah. some acts became kind of Frankenstein together, and it does seem like it was a bit of a Wild West kind of situation. And obviously Lane Staley had years and years and years of substance abuse problems, much like Scott Whalen, Kurt Cobain, a lot of other people. Yeah. And unfortunately, it ended the way it ended. And it ended with a tragically young death. And I, I want to just say at this note as well, I haven't picked an Alice in Chains song because I picked Man in the Box before for a different top five. And I thought you might pick him. I'm glad you did because, and you know, we can talk about Mark Lonigan and venerate him in a second, but like, I love Lane Staley. Yeah, tremendous talent. I think his vocals are incredible. Yeah. I love his voice. I love that, like, Alice in Chains are, I I think, if anything, quite an underrated band. I know good friend of the show, Joshua Hughes, is a huge advocate for that. Mm -hmm. And they have some incredible songs, and Lane Staley is almost supernatural, I think, in terms of what he can do vocally. So anyway, please tell me more. Yeah, for sure. Um, And it's kind of remarkable that this record came out of what was ostensibly something just to kind of like occupy their time. The songwriting's strong on it. Um, it's quite, it's, I mean, it's, I have to be shocked to hear it's like a depressing enough listen. <laughs> it's not quite background music. But I love how their voices kind of rub against each other and intertwine and both coming from different spectrums of the Jarl. If I'm going to put the Jarl on Mark Lanigan, I think I am because he feels in that universe. Um, but yeah, as you were saying, to kind of eulogise Mark Lanigan um, and Ben Radom, I mean, what an amazing talent. Part of that scene from kind of the early to mid 80s um, and just went on to do so much different stuff as well, but always very distinctive. That, Screaming Trees, Queen's yeah, Stone Age stuff as yeah, well. A, a growler rather than a yarler. Um, I don't know. But it was interesting reading about his relationship with some of those guys and um, his relationship with Lane as well, where he said he, t- he was t- reflecting on 
at the time the, the passing of Kurt and Lane and like how he reacted differently to them and he was like I can't listen to Nirvana anymore um, because Kurt felt like a kind of a younger sibling to me and I felt kind of like I let him down and he's like I'm now at a place where if I hear Alice in Chains it kind of br- brings me great joy, joy because I remember my relationship with Lane and he was we were like kindred spirits we were like brothers where it just felt like he said I was always the person that would have climbed Mount Everest to get like a fix and I just felt like it was my destruction was kind of inevitable and I kind of there was a certain bravado about it and I kind of gave myself into it and it seems by all accounts that was Lane's story and it obviously ended absolutely horrendously I read about his death on fucking teletext oh man I think it was 2002 if I remember correctly yeah he's very young yeah, he and was he, 34, I think. He found, like found in his apartment and it was just like... and again, Been there a couple of weeks as well. He'd kind yeah. of purposely cut himself off from the rest of the band. He wasn't yeah. answering his door. And yeah. also, and I say this not to be flippant either, but like unfortunately with, I think with someone like Elaine say, and maybe this is unfair, I don't mean to be unfair, but like it did seem like it was a matter of time. I mean, oh, yeah. And I don't mean that, I don't mean that to trivialise anything, but unfortunately he was, he was just so afflicted by that. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's... But you still read those headlines with genuine sadness. Yeah. Um, just a sense of soul. And like his own quotes from just like how he actually got into it. And it was after the band had taken off. And it was a way to numb himself because he was a shy person that couldn't cope with just that life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, really, really sad. But that yeah, people should check out that record. It's a mad season. And it'll if you're not into the whole kind of grunge thing, or even Alice in Chains, I think it's worth your time. And yeah, I love that song. That was a really nice discovery for me this week. So excellent, yeah. excellent. Um, and I'm glad, by the way, that like you're you're going into like really kind of thoughtful and <laughs> you know kind of uh, sophisticated territory. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, you know what? Let's have a laugh. Yeah, yeah. I here, thought you might. So it's gonna bring the balance. Here comes uh, here comes a big one. Okay, and I've actually got two clips here. So. Uh, yeah, let's just, uh, we're getting into like, this is, like this could have been number one, but I kind of wanted to get it out early for okay. some energy because this is just ridiculous okay. and it's more metal than grunge. So let's have, let's have track, uh, clip one of this band, please, Adam. Okay, that is, Craig, a band called Godsmack. <laughs> All one word. That song is Awake. Yeah, It's the title track of an album that they put out uh, that I bought on Compact Disc. <laughs> 30 British, or I was going to say British pounds, Irish pounds. Would have been 20 British Irish pounds, or whatever, Irish punt or whatever it would have been, yeah. You know, um, I, I briefly used to buy um, Kerrang and stuff and Godsmack were one of those bands I would see mentioned and just immediately be like probably won't be for me I never even checked them out like, oh, no, like, <laughs> they were barely even for me it was, it was going through that phase where I was doing the same thing and I was like you know listening to bands like Hatebreed and being like this fucking rules <laughs> I love the names right yeah. Um, yeah Godsmack is a great one um, Silly Erna is the vocalist there and he really goes with the as you can hear it's all the <laughs> Um, I have another clip um, and you'll never do it but I want to see if you can try and tell me what film this is from this is a god here's here's the Godsmack song (laughs) 
go. Is there any hints in like the lyrical content? Was I Stand Alone is the song. Not really. Okay. You're never, you're never going to get it. Like. It's got to be like. I think it was also. Turn used... of the Century action film. Yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah, it is yeah. that. But, <laughs> I don't know. It was going to be a rom com. Yeah, yeah. John Cusack. <laughs> yeah, <I stand> on. <laughs> but I will say, okay, um, Turn of Century, yeah, it was like, okay, I'll, I'll give you two clues that might give it away. It was a spin off, and it also launched. It launched the film career of one of the biggest actors in the world today. One of the biggest actors in the world that today. Was a spin-off. In in more ways than one. Uh, in that actors, he, one yeah. of the biggest actors in more ways than one. Not that it was a spin-off more ways than one. Spin-off can maybe one thing. Physically big. Yeah. Not physically big, yeah. a massive star still at a time Huge. when Currently having action. a bit of a currently having a bit of a bad Was it Oh he's got oh, it. Yeah. Was it the mummy? With the rock. the rock, but it was it was the spinoff, which is called Scorpion oh, King. The Scorpion King. I oh, think this was also bravo, used. Adam, well done, Adam. Was that was a pure deduction. I think this was also used in like a Prince of Persia video game or something. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Godsmack, uh, they were supposed to tour Europe with Limp Bizkit or something. I think, and that's when Limp Bizkit cancelled, and I was devastated. They're supposed to be Punchestown. I think it was supposed to be Godsmack and Everlast, possibly. Um, yeah, like, I don't have a lot to say about them because they're not a very interesting band. They are quite generic. But while I don't have a lot to say about them, the good people of YouTube do. I have... I've been waiting for this since your tweet <laughs> yesterday. I love some YouTube below the line. Yeah, There's nothing better than the YouTube comment section on the internet. As we know, it is the most pleasingly deranged corner of the internet, as I have said on, on my Instagram story today. So, I and you just know. You know, you know straight away that you go into Godsmack Awake and you click into the comments <laughs> and you know you're going to get like, you know, my best friend Daryl died last week and we used to ride hard to this or something. Like, like you know, you're going to get all kinds of slices of life. Yeah. So the top two comments beneath Awake by Godsmack, which was the first one that you heard, which is a song that like they're in a prison while they're singing and it's, it's yeah, it's, it's very silly. Um, but I did like it at the time. Okay, Tim S says... I'm 73 and Godsmack keeps me awake in a good way. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Uh, 101 replies to that one. I presume they're all like, damn right, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's... Thumbs up emojis in there, yeah. Then yeah. below him, there's Denise Flick, who says... I'm, I'm eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a 52-year-old mother of six. Oh. <laughs> I just recently got into Godsmack and I love them. I'm an old rocker chick from the 70s, but this music just calls to me. Fave song is Voodoo. So I put up an Instagram and Dara Grant, formerly a funeral suits, wrote and said, possible Tim and Denise hook up on the cards? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Sully Erna is one of the all-time yarders because it, it's all that kind of stuff. It's it's the growl, it's the grunt. I mean, so you're hearing there for presumably the first time. What was your takeaway? Um, it's exactly what I expected you to pick. Not the song itself, but <laughs> that, yeah... This never did it for me. Sure, yeah. But there's a certain energy to it. There's the grit there. I think if you're kind of on board with it, it can be very energizing. It's a bit like it's, like it's a release. Like it's a. It's a bit. I hate my fucking job, and I'm gonna go to the gym now, and like you know, just like really go for it. Yeah, yeah. And like maybe smash a window on the way home. See, I think it's the moment where the music kind of becomes more macho than like some of the early stuff is quite in touch with its feelings and like open and like feminine and stuff and then this is more like this is a more physical thing oh yeah it's aggression yeah 
And it's like, you know, I will say, just to wrap it up, because uh, I, I, I was looking for interesting notes and stuff, and there just weren't that many, because Godsmacker's kind of one of those acts. But there was, I did see, like, you know, um, two of the songs on the album that this is from uh, were using United States Navy commercials. <laughs> Sick of Life being one of them and Awake being the other Jesus as Christ. background music so dystopian Sully Erna said someone in the military is a fan and they asked if they could use the music and we accepted however Erna insisted that Godsmack does not support any war oh okay that's good to know yeah um, wow so the takeaway is Godsmack good guys maybe I mean I don't know they don't support any war sure. yeah what about a just war? What about World War II? <laughs> what about the greatest generation? What about, what about the fog of war? <laughs> How do they feel about that? Wars of attrition, perhaps. Wars of attrition. Anyway, over right. to you, Craig. Um, yeah, I'm going into my sensitivity bag again. And, <laughs> what a bag. Uh, here's, yeah, here's my number three. It's, it's going to be a familiar voice. Alison James again. Is there any direction but down? Um, nutshell there, Lane Staley again. Probably, and just getting into it. Like, I, I was talking recently about kind of getting into um, Dirt and very much enjoying it. Great fucking album. Fucking tremendous. This is from Jar of Flies, which was like follow-up EP. It's pretty short. It's like 30 minutes. And it's equally as good. It's a bit different. I think this was probably, like, they had that window of... I don't know if this was within 18 months or two years and then things started falling apart. Now, Alice in Chains are still going, right? Like, they're still yes, they releasing stuff. Yes, they a new singer. Foreign, I think, right? I, I saw them. Um, I saw them a couple of times. They got a singer in called, I think William Duval is his name and he sounds exactly like Lane Staley, really? which I guess is the thing that you do. Yeah. But like, you know, I've seen them. I saw them support Korn in Toronto and that yeah. was fun. They were fun. Corn uh, were really fucking good that night. And I saw them... Uh, th- sorry, I sound like a roadie. Corn oh, were really fucking good that night, mate. <laughs> you yeah. sound like a deadhead who's been to tr- over 300 yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, a like, really good recording. If you <laughs> called myself media and I was like, oh, Dave. I'm like, you know, like that's me being like... Lane Staley walked in the studio, yeah. right? He started singing and I said, that's a number one album. That's a, <laughs> so that's a number one record right there. Uh, no, uh, they were really fun. And I saw them in like, I think... Marley Park in like 2006 possibly at like that kind of download thing something like that I've seen them live a couple of times and I'm like this is fine this is fun yeah. um, some people have a problem they're like you know they're like we don't want this guy he's not lame what are you going to do yeah I mean the guys have to fucking earn a cross Jerry Cantrell is still there and, and he you was know, like he's shout huge, out to Jerry Cantrell huge part massive part just as big a part as Lane Staley perhaps he, I, I don't know enough I, I think uh, he was it seemed like he was the main songwriter um, yeah. lyrics aside maybe um, they all you know shared a role in it but also um, or guitarist I mean an, another kind of big voice as well yes. like he sang yeah. on I would say fucking most of their stuff as well and were... also I would say as well in terms of Alice Chains going they don't strike me as too cynical like they're just a touring rock band and I think the songs are so good that it's like oh, well man. look yeah, Lane's not want. here unfortunately and it's like well you know f- go play like people are into it yeah I think so um, I wouldn't have any problem with it but yeah no just a really interesting dynamic vocally with that band with yeah, Jerry as well I noticed on a lot of their stuff just getting getting into it for the first time they have this weird thing where they'll like harmonise on 
verses and stuff and then the chorus will just be laying kind of doing the yarl thing which is really effective but it's kind of it seems counterintuitive because usually you have bands where you'll get like a verse and the singer doing something and then the chorus is big and the harmonies come in and it's just yeah um, a kind of weird interesting band that got massive for a moment it was yeah, a strange yeah. time like it's you know I'm glad it happened it's it's become a bit of a caricature that whole scene Um I think people are looking back on it with rose tinted glasses, and like I say that not like I think it is a good scene. I mean, I think yeah. people, I think it gets respect. No, yeah, probably. I th- yeah, maybe. It was but just I think, a it, bit I think of a it, at the time, for a while, I think people, people got tired of it. I think people took the piss out of it at the time as well. I mean, like, yeah. again, like you know, people being like, "Oh, these fucking you know beatniks or whatever." Like, these, you know? <laughs> <laughs> these beatniks from Seattle in their yeah, coffee the shops. Yeah, exactly. Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was all kicking off. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's more Alice in Chains. Their Unplugged is really good as well. Oh, and heartbreaking. Yeah, um, no, it is. It's towards the end of, of the version being of together. Wood on that yeah. is fucking unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Okay, number three for me. Um, I debated this one because I don't think it's nowhere near Godsmack levels of Jarl. <laughs> what a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no context, they fan ready. That's right at the top of the What bottom. a Twitter account that would be. Oh, um, so here's the thing, right? I think it Jarl's enough. And I think that it's also, you know, there's a cynicism to this act, I think, as well. And let's have a listen. Adam there is laughing. Is. <laughs> Adam is laughing, and I think I know why. We'll get to it in a second. Is it because of the, ne- the other clip? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, <laughs> yeah. I've got an accompanying clip that we're going to play in a second. That is Bush. That is Gavin Rossdale, and the song is Glycerine. Um, I guess the kind of controversy about maybe picking this one is he's more Cobain than Vedder, right? And he, therefore not as Yarly. But I think that there is Yarl. Yeah, and you know what? The more, as I was as I was listening to a lot of Yarl this week, I wasn't listening <laughs> to any Nirvana, but. When the kind of Jarl melodies were coming back into my head, it it did start weirdly sounding quite a bit like Kurt, Kurt Cobain. For well, certain, like I he had Kurt, moments of Jarl. There was. Like, I think it's more of a vocal fry thing, right? Yeah, yeah, than, yeah. Than outright Jarl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a cracked thing rather than a guttural exactly. thing. Exactly, and I think Gavin Rossdale is more in that vein. But I do think this qualifies. And like, I was going to pick Swallowed, but I think Glycerine has him do it a bit more. And it leads me also to be able to play a phenomenal accompanying clip because The Simpsons uh, did a terrific parody of this when Homer, remember Homer's grunge band? (laughs) It's when he's, it's it's his college era. (laughs) Yeah. And like he's wearing the Kurt Cobain green jumper. Do you remember the name of the band? He's in with Carl and Lenny, I think. Oh, I don't know. They're called Sadgasm. And they take off Glycerine with uh, the song Margarine that Homer has about Marge because he's broken up with her or something. So here we go. Spread yellow gunk on my pancake heart Country churn girl in my grocery cart Could he be singing about me? (gasps) He is! I paid for her dreams, she taught me to cry Like watery knives, like rain from my eyes I can't believe you're not mine 
It's a it's a rare late Simpsons gag that actually works quite well. I yeah. think not Yarling though. That was I feel like he was in his kind of punk punk slash Leonard Cohen British. Po- yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It was kind of buzzcocksy, wasn't it? I will accept that maybe Bush is a slight stretch. Uh, also, sorry, just to uh, just to uh, litigate something from last week as well. Oh, uh, I love a bit of litigation on. Remember, the we were talking about is Hot Fuss by the Killers a classic album, and I only had one backup source, that being Richard Chambers. Yeah, Vanilla Jones messaged me today out of the blue and said Hot Fuss is a classic album with lots of exclamation marks. Oh, okay. Um, so there you go. If I got them, classic on my confirmed. Classic confirmed. Um, um, fr- I love the fact it's called a classic album. <laughs> it's called glycerine, which is just like that's clearly a, a like Nirvana move of just like oh Kurt Cobain talked about like the anatomy and stuff. Just like what's a cool chemical we can just name the fucking song yeah, after. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, actually, like uh, let me give you some uh, some some bump here. So. Uh, they were successful, you know, Billboard yeah, Rock they charts. Were, yeah. um, they're still going. They actually put out an album just last year, and it wasn't bad. Um, they've been described as grunge, post-grunge, alternative rock and hard rock. One of the first bands to be described as, po- as post-grunge. Uh, they were la- labeled almost pejoratively as such. Matt Deal of Rolling Stone described them as the most successful and shameless mimics of Nirvana's music. Right, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the book Fargo Rock City, a heavy metal odyssey in rural North Dakota... Must get that one out of the library. Uh, Chuck Klosterman said... <laughs> Chuck Klosterman, sorry. Chuck Klosterman. Chuck Klosterman's good. Klosterman right. uh, Larry Flick and Chuck Klosterman. Uh, Chuck Klosterman said, Bush was a good band who just happened to signal the beginning of the end. Ultimately, they became the grunge Warrant. Warrant being a hair metal band that I think oh, okay. were around for the end of hair metal. Uh, and then finally, um, in the book Accidental Revolution, the story of grunge, Kyle Anderson wrote about Bush's album 16 Stone, saying... The 12 songs on 16 Stone sound exactly like what grunge is supposed to sound like, while the whole point of grunge was that it didn't really sound like anything, including itself. Just consider how many different bands and styles of music have been shoved under the grunge header in this discography alone, and you realise that grunge is probably the most ill-defined genre of music in history. I can't agree with that. <laughs> Come on. Like. Yeah. And then I love this follow-up here where it goes, Bush have noted Nirvana's music as a key influence in their work, but remain insistent that their style is original. Well, they can keep yeah, prote- protesting as yeah. much as they want. Of yeah. the similarities, Gavin, make it true, Gavin Rossdale told Rolling Stone that he, quote, hoped there was an element of Nirvana in Bush, but he also, quote, felt that he had his own thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, fair play to them. Um, Britpop was surely, um, even just to pluck one out of the ether, was way bro- broader as a church in terms of musical. Just, like, none of those bands sounded oh, alike. There's a million and one genres now I could... Yeah, yeah. micro-genres and all that kind of stuff. Okay, Craig, yeah. back to you. All right, let's go for pro- a proper slice of grunge. To the heart of grunge, the fucking most obvious one. And I'll just give you a bit of fair warning. I've gone for the most emotional bit I think it's probably the middle age. Is it Black by Pearl Jam? And which bit is it, Dave? It is my new one. Oh, is it? It has to be, um, which I was obsessed with when I was a teenager. It's, it's the most Yarl yeah, no, no, bit. It's, what's the, the line? It's like, I hope one day you had a beautiful life. I hope we'll be a star. Adam? And somebody else's guy. Kind of, I'm happy enough to let him do it. <laughs> yeah, that kind of, is it that by any chance, is it? Adam. <laughs>
just short of giving us that last sustained note. I couldn't yeah. possibly. Can I just say, this is, yeah, it's black. Daddy, it's black by Pearl Jam, all ten. <laughs> Can 10. I just say, for a long, for the longest time, I thought this was the truth. <laughs> I thought you know this what? was the I still best think it's song. the truth. It's an amazing it's fucking, song. It's a masterpiece. It's, it's their best song. And I like a lot of Pearl Jam. Ooh, big it, I think statement. it is. Big I think statement. it encapsulates. And it's that thing they never quite had again where it's like, they became a, like a non-grunge band quite quickly, right? Like they, I think even as soon as you get to Versus, they're trying out different stuff. Versus is a really good album. Yeah, yeah it's really Great good. Album. Yeah, I'm not saying that's in 10, a actually. bad way whatsoever. Like, I really respected the way they just decided, like, fuck it, took on Ticketmaster in the 90s <laughs> and just stopped making music videos <laughs> and, yeah, just became... Again, probably the new dead. Like they're just like they've you got know. some great stuff. Yields turned twenty five recently. It's phenomenal. I will say, Backspacer was something of a comeback album in two thousand nine. It's very good. The most recent stuff hasn't been up to par with previous eras, yeah. but it's fine. Uh, I, Black is amazing, and I will say again, especially as a teenager, I was like, this is the most beautiful heartbreak song ever. Those lyrics are incredible. That's yeah, fucking. Tremendous. I know someday you'll have a beautiful life. I know you'll be a star in somebody else's sky. But why, why, yeah. why can't it be? It's amazing. Oh, it's, can't it's it be whining as our form? Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Did he invent email? with this very interesting but like but it's that ragged kind of grungy sound they had which they only I think had when um, like Eddie was brought in he was auditioned uh, to be the singer it was the guys from um, Mother Love Bone essentially trying to pick up the pieces and they were they were looking for a front man but they already had these songs kind of written and they needed vocals on top and you know vocal melodies so it was I think the only time they did it that way where yeah. he literally had a tape of the music of these songs and he just wailed over it and I think that means it was him at his most garrulsome because yeah. he was just fucking I, unleashing yeah. in a different way Love that you just invented a new term there. What did I Yarlsome. say? Yarlsome. Yarlsome. <laughs> it was him and his most Yarlsome there. It carried a lot of like, carried a lot of weight to it. You know? Gary was Man United at the most Yarlsome tonight. <laughs> I didn't realise that this was like, that David Letterman was obsessed with this. Did you guys know this? That makes so much so sense to me. This particular song. Yeah. It no. was apparently a running joke on his show <laughs> in the mid 90s where he obviously like heard this and in particular the. There's also a gorgeous like. And it got stuck in his head to the point that like on one, just one show one evening, he just started going, Paul, what is that? What am I singing? And like Paul told him and he just kept singing it randomly on fucking episodes for months and months, right? And it got to the point where. Eddie Vedder says he like used to watch the hook and was it the late show, I guess? Um, stoned kind of most nights or whatever. And David Letterman started going like, Eddie, are you coming on the show? And Eddie Vedder would be like, The television's the talking to me. Talking? <laughs> and like there was a big fucking payoff where he eventually started getting like the band to fucking just play it at random intervals. And one night he got them to start randomly doing it. And then Paul's like, do you want to hear how it's really done? And Eddie Vedder comes out. Excellent. Just does that bit. Does like one and a half doo -doo 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 -doo, and just walks out of the studio and Adam was just like Eddie, Eddie. That's like the, uh, it's so good. It's like the Jimmy Kimmel, Matt Damon runner. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is actually really nice funny, guy. to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was, yeah. That's Do you know the are. Jimmy Kimmel, Matt Damon thing? I don't. Basically like he'd end every episode of a show for like years with oh, apologies to Matt Damon we ran out of time yeah, yeah. you know get you next week <laughs> and you know eventually it pays Came like a feud it, yeah. it, it pays off yeah like where like Matt Damon finally shows up 
yeah. and they actually have him and the crowd are going mental and it's like he brings him on at the very end oh, and he's sitting hell. there and he's like he's like, he's like oh, we finally did it you're here and he's like oh great to be here Jimmy I'm a big fan and he goes unfortunately we're out of time and then Matt Damon just goes go fuck yourself Jimmy like, and then like, it cuts to like the credits going by and Matt Damon's like roaring at him and storm. it's very funny it was actually right. a genuine yeah, I'm not the biggest thing. Jimmy Kimmel guy but you know it was funny big Matt Damon guy though yeah uh, oh, well, of course, yeah. Especially in Ireland, with a bag Christ, of cans. Jason Bourne. <laughs> Do you remember that thing recently where he said that, like, and again, he, this is a fifty-year-old man. He did an interview and he was like, "Oh yeah, my daughter convinced recently to stop saying the f bomb, like the homophobic." Oh yeah, slur. okay, yeah, all right. And it was like, "You're fifty-year-old man." Yeah, I forgot about that. What the fuck? <laughs> and he was kind of like, he's like, "Look how enlightened I am." And he's got to be thinking, I was like, oh, you're... That was kind of Liam Neeson levels of shooting yourself in the yeah. foot, like an oh interview. <laughs> Let's not go into that <laughs> interview. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just like, oh no, you're just a Boston dude, bro. What a shame. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um... I was Seattle, some Seattle dude, dude bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my number two. Great one. Black by Pearl Jam was a beautiful to song. Be in. Yeah. And of course, I'm going straight back into Paradry Territory now with my number two. This is... Uh, it's just, it's really bad. Here we go. It's Lifehouse. Terrible name. Life Lifehouse. One word. Fuck. And the song is Hanging By A Moment. Came out in, I think, 2001. Okay. Uh, Latter Day Girl. Their singer is called... Latter Day Girl. He's, he's chronicling Girl as a genre as we go. The track was, my parents, uh, yeah. written by lead singer Jason Wade. It was uh, mixed by Brendan O'Brien, who did a lot of Pearl Jam records. Oh, yeah, yeah. But here's an interview with The Daily Bruin. Um, Although much of Lifehouse's music deals with spirituality, Wade feels it is unfair to label the music as quote-unquote Christian rock. Here's a question, or quote rather. We are not a Christian band, but I'm a Christian, and the bass player is a Christian, said Wade. As the rest of his band begin to plug in their instruments for the sound check. That's some good God, some good colour right there. Uh, Jesus. Uh, and then it goes, the quote, I don't feel you have to label music as Christian music. A Christian plumber is just a plumber. What a what a weird thing to say. Christian plumber. Just, what about a Christian carpenter? Uh, oh wait, Jesus Christ wasn't a Christian. He this, was Jesus. This band, <laughs> he was just Jesus. He was just Jesus. Just yeah. Jesus yeah. JC, big JC. Shout out. Shout out to Big JC. <laughs> Love for JC. Uh, the band went on tours at Matchbox 20 and Three Doors Down, because of course they did. Uh, they also toured with The Calling, <laughs> because oh, of course they did. Oh, all right. There's Amazing. a nice callback. Just a very, very generic American rock band. Um, not a lot to this one, but I remember it bothering the radio when it came out, and I was like, this is nonsense. And again, it's just that kind of like emphasis on the, you know, yeah, and yeah. Tew. It's all like, it's just very uh, cynical. However, I've got... The mother of all YouTube comments oh, on this gosh. one. Oh, here we go. So you say, you're going to say, I've got the CD. <laughs> no, 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 I will say, I did not. I, pay 30 I, 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 never, I, I never bought a Bush CD. I never bought a Life CD. I did buy a Godsmack CD. Your Honor. Your Honor. <laughs> I never. Yeah. Take but, away. <laughs> what was my number five? Calling, yeah. No, actually, so only out of the act so far, I've only okay. purchased one CD yeah. and had a brief flirtation with, but wait till we get to my number one. <laughs> this is my number two. This is Life House Hanging My Moment. Again, it's just so plastic-y, microwaved bullshit, but YouTube comments, right? So you look up, you dial up, hanging by a moment by Lifehouse. And I I, I took a sample here. Four, there was four four comments in a row that I was like, right. well, I'm not going to beat this. So these are the four we're going with. Um, someone says, 
in block capitals, don't let the 2000s die. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have, 63 replies to that one, by the way. Then you have um, some guy going, I will never stop saying it. One of the best songs ever written. There's always one of those. I will never stop saying it. I love the passion. Every single music video, there's always, it doesn't matter what it is, there's always that one. Yeah. And it's always got like 5,000 likes. Oh yeah. And a million replies. Uh, And then you have, uh, drinking a beer to this in my 30s, feeling it so much more deeply than ever before. (laughs) Just a beer. That might be the drink. That might be the drink. (laughs) And finally, the longest comment of the bunch, by Nat 11 months ago I remember enjoying this song then years later came across it again brackets now as a Christian and as I listened and sung the lyrics that I somehow hadn't forgotten I realised this song is about Jesus back when I was lost and feeling like something was missing this was just a good song to jam to but now that I know him capital H the one who the one who changed my life this song is much uh, also more capitalist. This song is much more than an in quotes good song because it worships the one capital O who saved me. Praise God for saving me. Thanks Lifehouse for worshiping our Lord. Like who knew? Like oh my god, like, praise uh, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> praise God really praise quick. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah, praise God real quick. <laughs> what, is, what is that again? It's a video of like a guy pulling up a in a car and a guy yeah, starts yeah. dancing, you right? You heard that new and it's like a Christian song and your man just dance. Oh, it's so yeah. good. So but, good. Honestly, like as earnest as that uh, like earnest is the word for it. Yeah. It's so earnest, but as gas as it is, kind of nice. Oh, listen, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, not here I'm happy to those people I love after. the YouTube comments corner of the internet it's is so genuinely wholesome. so wholesome it's so, yeah. wholesome. so nice it's, it's the best social media I've it said is. it before <laughs> I, <it's>, <laughs> it genuinely is it's like and I love how no, like, no matter what the song is it could be fucking Mr. Oh. Blobby it yeah. could be like yeah, yeah. Babylon Zoo Spaceman and you know that you click into it and you're gonna get some bizarre slice of life story yeah. about either a horrible tragedy or how, or somehow it's like you know you know, Clyde used to love this one. This one's for Clyde. You know, like you know, me and the boys. It, it's it's just so yeah. weird. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, oh, that's okay. hanging by hanging by a mama here with you. Have you considered Life doing house. a Yarl album, Dave? A Yarl album got the chops. You will. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm in it for the music. I'm not in it for the. <laughs> acclaim, you know, it's you're in it for <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> him, him, yeah. Capital H. <laughs> Right, that was my number two. Craig, number one. Uh, all right, you. getting to my number one. Um, what could top black? Where'd you go from there? And I realised, after much consideration, it was staring me in the face Okay, all along. Blinding me. Blinding me like the sun. Wait for it, Adam. <laughs> On a sunny day. In summertime... <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, listen, it's not my actual number one. Oh. Because it's been picked before. It has, But that yeah. is, uh, I'm making the case for that being Do you remember my quiz Yarl. question? Just how many inches from the midday sun is he? 
Oh my god! Like um, it's a big seven. Fat it is seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yes, yeah. we discussed it being yeah. a reference to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was. It's I genuinely brilliant. thought that was your number one. That's not your number one. If I could it is Earl though, right? Is it Rob Thomas yeah. was the Earler? Hundred percent. Rob Thomas of Matchbox Twenty. Yeah. Of course. Um, <laughs> Give him his full title. <laughs> I would make the case for this being okay to be played in any top five. That it, it, Ooh, it that it appears relevant for without. <laughs> The, it's beyond the top five. Without the caveat of it being picked before. I would make therefore. the case for it to be able to be played at any event or yeah, occasion. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A funeral. tragic funeral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the best. It's it's smooth, by the way, guys. <laughs> Santana featuring Rob Thomas. <laughs> Thank you. Such a given. Yeah, like, like if you're just this deep in the episode, you know. If misery. you know, you know. Um, my actual number one. is push um, tea. <laughs> <laughs> Hip hop girl, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you'll probably know what I'm going with here. It's, I hope it's, um, I, I, it's, it's probably going to be what I went with as well. But it's, we'll... A, it's a reoccurring voice, okay. So, which has happened twice now on my list, but it's adding another voice who I don't think is a yarler. Okay, you haven't picked what I picked on that. Okay, good. Yeah. and here it is. And the bomb and babies of the slaves are all working. Uh, Temple of the Dog um, you heard there Eddie Vedder once again and then you heard Mr. Chris Cornell um, mm-hmm. sadly no longer with us yep. I would say not a yarler this I is think Hunger he Strike by the way Hunger Strike yeah an incredible yeah. song um, I think I picked it once before but it doesn't matter you know like it's had to be my number one. It was immediately in. You're saying sorry. You're saying Chris Cornell isn't a yarl. I don't. I don't. I think he might have. He might have been like a Kurt Cobain in terms of like he dipped in occasionally. But I feel like he was more of a like classic rock, yarl almost adjacent. heavy metal. Yarl adjacent. Yeah, he has the. Gr- he's got the kind of grit, but I don't know if he had the. Like, and he he never took a dur. Mm-hmm. It was always. And what a tremendous one. But maybe the best technical singer of all of those. An exceptional, yeah. exceptional vocalist. And I will say that, like, I still find his death very upsetting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he just, like, we talked about some really, tra- well, I, I brought up some really tragic stuff in my top five. But it was guys that, um, it, it, we talked about it seeming inevitable. And it was part of this kind of cycle and, you know, tragic kind of cliched horrific early deaths and then Chris Cornell it just seemed like he'd got past a lot of his demons um, you know from people that didn't really know him whatsoever and then just out of the blue when you think he's kind of going to be in it for the long haul it's just awful um, Major parallels like a, to Chester Bennington as well yeah, which I also yeah. really really find devastating and there was a recent Linkin Park song called Lost which was unearthed from the Meteora era and it was like both uh, really, really like powerful and empowering to hear him again, but also very, very sad yeah. in that context and even the lyrics as well. And I just, I mean, it's, I, I think more about this kind of stuff in recent years and I think, I think I'm more affected by it now than I was then. Yeah. And I really, really do miss both these guys a lot. Yeah. But those was, guys, sorry, Eddie Vedder, of course, is still with us. Yeah. Um, this was taken from 
um, another kind of supergroup where it was uh, Temple of the Dog Record, which was a tribute album that Chris Cornell put together for Andrew Wood, who was the singer of Mother Love Bone, passed away. I think he like passed away a couple of days before their debut album came out or something like that. And it was like shelved or it's one of those kind of lost albums and he would have been, you know, seen as... He was on the... going to be a huge, huge star. star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably would have taken the grunge thing in a different direction because he was kind of like a guy that loved Freddie Mercury and it was Elton more John. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. it would have been interesting if he was one of the main guys, but it wasn't to be. Another very sad one. Um, so... Chris Cornell had all these songs that he wrote that he thought he would have loved. They were very close, obviously. And Mother Love Bone were about to become Pearl Jam and just bringing Eddie on board. And they came together for this. And I think it was kind of like people in the know kind of got it and loved it. And then Pearl Jam went massive and everyone went massive and it came re-entered the charts and this became a kind of a big deal. But yeah, I've always loved this song. Um, it's incredible. Even, it's yeah, so moving. So, so great. And they work so... Like, it feels like it could be two guys doing very similar things. But I think even there, as we heard, just like... Yeah, Chris Cornell was just on a different level in terms of just <laughs> raising it, I suppose. I know, I know that they're musically obviously nothing alike, but I think this is the under pressure of its day. Oh, of, of its era. great shout. Yeah, yeah. That's tremendous. Not the dancing in the street. Oh. <laughs> no, very much not. There's, there's footage. America! <laughs> UK! <laughs> South, South America! America. Um, Mick Jagger, Biddy Earl. What, sorry? Biddy Earl to Mick Jagger. Oh, it's less Earl and it's more like... Mm. It's kind of coming from that I want to be a blues man place. Yeah, maybe a no, little yeah, bit, but probably it's a, a different, it's not a different a... strand. Same family tree, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, under the Yarling tree, <laughs> under the Yarling tree. tree yeah. <laughs> if only we were given episodes names. Still. Or the Yarl um, Kipling. Please stop me. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's really good footage of Chris Cornell coming out um, at a Pearl Jam show when they were like celebrating like 20 years. It was probably 2011 or something like that to do this. And it's fantastic. And he's so gracious and brilliant. And it's like, but it's amazing watching him when he enters and starts singing. Eddie Vedder's just kind of look, it's just staring at him being like, this is fucking brilliant. Like he's in a daze. And <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. That's how you feel fucking watching it. It's great. Really good. It's gorgeous. It's a beautiful song. It obviously has new sadness to it in terms yeah. of weight and substance, but it's, I love hearing it. Yeah. And I don't listen to it enough, to be honest with you. But uh, it's weird because I, you, like, I didn't, with the whole best and worst gag at the start, like, I've ended up just doing worse, clearly. <laughs> I didn't and want to point it out, but. My number one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hot. I, it's got to be. Oh, you know, there's together. no question. Yeah, yeah. There's no question. Like, you, you want to talk about Christian rock. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A band that I was really into. <laughs> and boy, do I look back with, with embarrassment. I've picked three tracks oh my God. to just give you the full scope okay, of it. Hell, okay. Are we going back to back or would you like to do one, two, I, and three? Yeah, no, no. Well, well, yeah, we'll, I don't think I can do back to back on all we'll three. We'll take a bit of breath, yeah. Okay. So you've probably figured out who it is, listener. <laughs> Here's the first one of this act.
Okay, it's Creed. Creed. Right, Dave, defend yourself. I don't think I this can. This is the big one, isn't it? The this biggest the, one. Yeah. It's the biggest one. It's Creed. It's with arms wide open from the album Human Clay, yeah, which I, uh, I had, of course, so, and, I, so much. and I loved. I loved <laughs> this album. Um, Did you know how... Christian it was. No, no, which is insane because it's it's right in front of you. Yeah, it's like, yeah. listen to those lyrics. Uh, and also, there's an orchestral version of this song and I thought it was the greatest <laughs> thing I'd ever heard. Uh, that's with Arms Wide Open. Let's, let's take it back, though. Okay. Let's go back to the first album, right? Here's the title track from My Own Prison. What's, that's very forceful, Jarl, isn't it? What's going on? It's also, in, like, that's blatant preaching. I know, and I will say, like, the first album here was Human Clay. My One of my brother's friends gave it to me, and it was like, he's a huge Pearl Jam guy, and he's like, yeah. if you like Pearl Jam, you like this, which, you know, he didn't know how right he was. And I loved Human Clay, I thought it was awesome. And then I was like, oh my God, there's another album? Because again, it's like pre-internet kind of-ish time. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, and I got it. And I was like, yeah, this is this fucking rocks, man. And again, I'm still not hearing the God thing. <laughs> That's everywhere. The, the third album, the third Creed album, and the last one I ever got, it was, and I hate saying that, I feel so sad saying this. I asked, Is this when the penny dropped? No, I asked, I asked for this for like, for uh, as a Christmas present. Okay. Yeah. Third album, the Holy Trinity. Third yeah. album's called Weathered. And this song uh, has a huge connection to the world of professional wrestling. Uh, here, here we go. him if I've ever heard one. That's true. That's <laughs> Bono my would be proud. <laughs> my Sacrifice by Creed. Uh, what wrestler in the WWE, the WWF at the time, uh, they used this, they made a video package of this wrestler returning from injury and all the hardship they had to go through and it became like quite famous and loved and stuff to the point okay. that even like, like if you go to over the top wrestling, they sometimes will play My Sacrifice because it's, it's got like a hilarious irony amongst people. Blah, blah. What wrestler do you think that they use this for, for a video package? After to, a lot of... A lot of rehab and coming back and like, here we go to build hype, you know? Um, Triple H? No, they used Beautiful Day by U2 for his one. <laughs> wow. Another modern Another hymn. Modern hymn. <laughs> this, this, this was used for a video for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, okay. They also played That's this scans. course and various other stuff at... Um, Austin 316? No, or did they play this? No, no, they, they, this wouldn't have been... <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah, interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they got parallels. Creed, of course, um, they did the Super Bowl. And it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. What? They played the Super Bowl. They were the halftime show of the Super Bowl. In Who let that happen? The NFL. <laughs> Creed in are huge. 2001. It's yes. Unreal. They have sold over 53 million albums so worldwide. Crazy to me. So there you go. They were the ninth best-selling artist of the first decade of the 2000s. There's fucking no hope. However, they've no been hope. panned by some critics and listeners. Readers of Rolling Stone magazine oh. ranked the band the worst artist of the 1990s. Oh, there's hope. <laughs> there is, there is hope. Um, yeah, I, I was big into this until I, I just wasn't. Um, yeah. Here's an article from the Washington Post in 1999. The biblical imagery of singer Scott Stapp's lyrics got Creed typed as Christian rock by early listeners, but the band's denial of any religious objective has unsettled some of its fervent fans. <sighs> we are not a Christian band, Stapp insists on the band's website. A Christian band has an agenda to lead others to believe in their specific religious beliefs. We have no agenda. What's going on? 
I think that's very shrewd um, from a business point of view, and I think it's paid off for them. Um, mm-hmm. I have, I mean, like, what, what what can we say about that that vocal? I mean, the most put upon, right? I mean... It's almost getting into, like, scat. Do you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> some of the rhythmic decisions there It's were, genuine slurring. Like, you're just like... It's unintelligible. It feels very... It, it feels almost natural, though, for that, like, if you're kind of coming from the American preacher thing of, like, he's getting close to speaking in tongues. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, Fire yeah. and brimstone. And he was extremely uncool and very self-serious. This mm. guy thought he was the fucking... the, the god of music itself. And... Uh, parodied quite in in brilliant fashion. Uh, there was there's a Mad TV sketch, and I have audio of this. Okay. I will say it loses something without the visual because w- the comedian Will Sasso uh, portrays a version of Scott Stapp in this, and because like, the video for My Sacrifice, Creed are like performing in some kind of weird like you know a chilling vision of the future yeah. in which like you know flooded cities and Scott Stapp's in a boat and he's got like a sleeveless top on and he's constantly like clutching his fists together and like you know like looking like like deep and pensive right right and there's a this sketch here has a epistic of the calling to start with and there's a moment where Scott Stapp uh, Will Will Sasso as Scott Stapp with like the long hair the t-shirt the, he's he's constantly doing the fist thing and the squint it looks amazing it's very funny he literally comes in on a boat <laughs> mid song to interrupt him and this is what it sounds like I, I've watched this clip about 10 times this week I think it's hilarious if I go you'll freak out cause I'm the only one you see Guy did any better isn't as good, but oh, it's so funny. And like Hewling it, Yarls. It's worth watching that clip for because just Will Sasso's like what he's doing, just even physically, is so fucking funny. Um yeah, Creed, it was a phase. Uh, it was a phase, mom. And I am no longer in a, that phase. A good gateway drug, probably though, right? Did I think it so. Because like, into like reading about, oh, they were influenced by who, and then suddenly you probably. Know. And I was into Pearl Jam, so I was kind of I was kind of eating anything up like that. And it is yeah. obviously very Pearl Jam esque, and it's you know almost parodical, I guess. There's a, but, Jesus Christ, who is this guy? I can't <laughs> read. <laughs> but like I've always said, I'm like you know, look, I'm never ashamed about you know Love and Corn and Limp Bizkit because they were my gateway drug bands into caring about music and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Creed is one for the <laughs> shame corner. Unfortunately, it is terrible. And I went back to it. I, I stuck on Human Clay this week and I was like, this is awful. I was like, this isn't... I do think With Arms Wide Open is kind of good. <laughs> but it's also dreadful. I'm going to dive in and defend you here, right? Oh, thanks, oh. man. Because I don't believe there's a, a such thing as guilty pleasure when it comes to music. No, no, no. We, we, we've gotten rid of that term. It's yeah. bullshit. Like, like, don't... If yeah. you like it, you, you like, like it. it yeah. And that's it. Yeah. If you like Hollywood Undead... <laughs> Which I'm sure plenty of people plenty do. People do. <laughs> it's not a guilty pleasure. So, um, yeah, it's, no, but it's a case where he's not guilty about liking it because he doesn't like it now, essentially. Yeah, you don't no. throw this on and be like, no, this is no, great, no, no, you know. No, no, no. But he did. 
And he's it on is, record. Yeah, Can you take me higher? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I will say, can I, we didn't have any crossover in the end. So, yeah, yeah. Can I play? Because you went worst. <laughs> but also some of your best. Yeah, um, thanks, man. I know what you're going to say. And I was actually going to suggest, would you like to play it with an alternate? Well, no, I, I've got I, I have three alternates. One one was Puddle of Mud. But, uh, so, like, oh. we've already had them recently. Yeah. I'm not going to play it, but if I could just play two, two clips, like as bonus clips, basically. Okay. Okay. And I will say, I'm glad that these stayed in the subs bench because to be honest, I didn't know either of them until this week. I don't have a lot to say about them, but I will say that like they're funny. Um, so let's have uh, the first one, please, which I think is the. This is like you you, you can't imagine a more Alice in Chains rip off than this. Oh my god That's an act called Days of the New And the song is Shelf in the Room And if I told you that that was still the same Mad TV sketch you'd believe me right That sounds like a joke Yeah it sounds mangled in the way That like that um About a girl Pull a mud cover does. Oh, yeah. Oh my God, like, let's not. Voices. Yeah, we're losing all. But it sounds at one point like he just gives up on on actually getting a word out there. Yeah, and that's like a studio recording. Yeah, like that was that was the vibe. And again, YouTube comments. There's people being like, "This is fucking. This is awesome, man. The song means so much to me." Let's have one last one for the road. Um, I've got I've got one clip as well. Oh, Maybe great. I'll go first and then you, yeah, yeah, you okay, finish yeah, yeah, this yeah. out because I think this is. Um, First of all, I'm playing this because this is this has actually been the one stuck in my head all fucking week, and it's terrible, right? Yeah. And I just want to ruin everyone else's week. <laughs> and this is, I think, the world's deepest Jarl, but it's coming from a different avenue of Jarl. It's more, it's more middle of the road Jarl, and it's got a nagging refrain. Jarl. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, this is gonna. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Here we go. I turn from black into bright white. He said that it was from when the cousin smashed so hard. Yeah. I mean, if the worst part of the 90s was a song, oh, this is Crash Test Dummies. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. The song title is. <laughs> this was fucking everywhere when it came Winnipeg's out. Winnipeg's finest. I think this was on. Uh, this was in Dumb and Dumber. That's where I, I always think remember so, from. Yeah. And I like, think it's when like Harry slash Lloyd leaves Harry slash Harry Lloyd as well by like the, Weird Al Yankovic, I believe, and yeah, others. Yeah. It was massive though. It was a massive song. Oh yeah, Winnipeg's finest. Jesus. Um, but that voice. Do you reckon that's a put on, or Has do you reckon? To be. I'm not sure though. This is natural voice, is it, Craig? I think he's got a... Do you know who um, sounds like that? Bane, okay? <laughs> That's fucking Maybe ridiculous. Maybe some Can- Canadians do, I don't know. I feel like he was singing like that and then in the kind of gold rush, in the grunge gold rush, <laughs> people were like, this guy, like they were getting no attention and then people were like, this guy, let's sign him up. Like, mm-hmm. this is exactly the sound we've been looking for. Maybe it was put on, but yeah, the depth of that air. I'm not telling a lie when I say every morning since Monday, when I've woken up, I've had that stupid. If this happens to me for the next in week my of my head, life, immediately. I'm gonna fucking kill you. It's so bad, and the fucking lyrics as well, where it's just like, let's oh, get, like, let's just, it's misery porn. I'm uh, sorry. Let's, let's have your last all. Yeah, let's have a, a, an act called tantric. <laughs> oh. 
The world is built around The faces of a clown Voices in your head Think there's four bombs down But in this unity They just found the need So you better check yourself Oh, you check out I know the breakdown Everything is gonna shake now someday I know the breakdown Tell me again, am I awake now, baby? You can find the reason that No one else is living this way Say, right? I think if you were to give that song to Alanis Morissette, it wouldn't be half bad. Well, actually, you raise an interesting yeah. point. Can you guess what that song is called, by the way, based on those lyrics? Living This Way. Good guess, but it's actually called Breakdown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to have a breakdown over here. To be fair, actually, Adam, uh, just to finish up, because I'm going to return to the TV Tropes thing, because they got a big list of like notable Yarlers oh, okay. feature. Now, oftentimes we do lists, and sometimes we're like, fuck, a lot of, a lot of white men in there. I don't see how we could have approached this any other way. But yeah. I, I, I will throw one out. Is sure a Yarler? I saw that mentioned. That, yeah. yeah. Put her in there. Celine Dion, perhaps? Maybe. Oh, hold yeah, on. Yeah, that's a good one. Celine Dion is a Yarler. And probably Cher. Okay. I, think, I think they fit the bill. Because coming from a place of, I was thinking this week, is Ronan Keating kind of a yes. pop oh, Yarler? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You're yes. Like that, My good like, friend, Ronan Keating. Yeah, yeah. He's representing Yarland. He's nice. Yarland. Oh, good Lord. Okay. Um, to, to wrap up now, and are we well over the two hour mark? I assume we're. Uh, oh, uh, we're into on. fucking Fuck. Friday morning here. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay, to wrap up, to wrap up, uh, back to the TV Tropes thing because they got a list of noted users. It's quite a long list, so I'll go through pretty fast. You can give me like a. And also, let's see how many we got. Shall oh, we? okay. Uh, you can give me flash fire comments here, Craig. Aaron Lewis, as both the vocalist of Stained and a solo country singer. Yeah, yeah, kind of coffee table, Jarl. Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam is the trope codifier. Yes, says 100% <laughs> standard bearer. Lane Staley, uh, still the Erna of Godsmack. Scott Wayland of Stone Temple Pilots. Wes Scanton of Puddle and Mud, mm-hmm. which is done to imitate Lane Staley, it says here. Chester Bennington in Grey Days, his band before Linkin Park. Okay. Scott Stapp of Creed yes. is one of the more infamous abusers of this technique, it says here. <laughs> infamous abusers of the technique. That's uh, great. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, while the word of God is that his singing is largely based on Elvis Presley and Jim Morrison, non-fans accuse him of lifting Eddie Vedder's style wholesale. Uh, Chad Kroger of Nickelback. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And yeah, by the way, um, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, fun fact, they had a song in the running to be in that Spider-Man movie and it went to fucking Chad Kroger and his boy. The best song of all time. A hero, yeah. Josie Scott of Saliva, you mean. Thank you. Yeah. I always forget Josie. My apologies. More of a um, metal guy, I think, than Yarler. Okay, James Hetfield of Metallica. The year, I suppose, would qualify, wouldn't it? Nin- 90s Hatfield, yeah, 90s Hatfield. Uh, Brett Scallions of Fuel. Chris Daughtry of Daughtry. Uh, the guy from Seether. Theory of a Dead Man. Dave Matthews of Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, I was thinking, I, I, uh, yeah, I was thinking Dave Matthews definitely is. Uh, Brad Arnold of Three Doors Down. Brent Smith of Shinedown. The, yeah, the Blackstone Cherry. Who else we got here? John Fogarty of Creedence Clearwater. Yeah, I think he's the Archetype, Godfather. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris Cornell is here as well. Anthony Kiedis? No. Uh, loosely yeah. affiliated with Yarl, I would say. Uh, we got Travis Meeks of Days of the New in a similar vein to Lane Staley. We heard that. Hugo Ferrer of Tantric. They're, uh, they're, <laughs> interestingly enough, formed by ex-members of Days of the New. I didn't even know that. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. Daniel Johns of Silverchair. Small Silver Gene <laughs> uh, Silverchair, first two albums. I mean, like it's more of a Nirvana thing, isn't it? Yeah, I would say that. Well, it's probably there's probably a bit of Yarl. It's probably a Bush situation. Uh, a rare country music example is Billy Ray Cyrus. 
Yeah, I don't could, know enough Billy Ray to be honest. Could see it. Oh, uh, wouldn't, Alex wouldn't Band, put him up there. Alex Band of the Calling. Josie Scott of Saliva is on this list. Oh, Adam. Josie. There you go. Uh, yeah. Benjamin Burnley of Breaking Benjamin. Yeah, that, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Ian Curtis of Joy Division. Paul Bax of Interpol. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Ian Curtis. <laughs> He just here. kind of deeply intoned. He didn't do the marble mouth thing. Uh, Jim Morrison, Paul Banks of Interpol? Um, no. Too kind of... No, I would say too clear and too high. And, and finally, two examples of the rarely heard female Jarl. We oh, have good. Skin yeah. of Skunk and Nancy. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Can I guess the other one? Yes. Um, four non-blondes. No, that's oh, that she should be there though. One hundred percent, Linda Perry. Yeah, Linda Perry, the worst song of all time. Where's going on? That's pure. The Yarl. worst song of all yeah. time. No, no, um, very popular modern contemporary. Miley Cyrus. No, gonna release a new oh, album this year. Gonna release a new album this year. Are we fans? Yeah, of her? yeah. I don't know. Took me a while. Get on board. Lana is it? Lana Del Rey. Lana Del Rey. Yarla Del Rey. I don't know. Is she a girl? I tried there. Is she a girl? It's like that effect. I don't think so. I don't think no, so. No, I think. I think it'd be more Celine Dion and yeah, yeah, yeah. It has that and Cher and I think Miley Cyrus. It's the technique. Yeah, it's I that can, muscle. I can hear that. Yeah, muscle thing. It's okay, the clenched. We could talk about this all day. We almost have. Yeah, let's unclench. But let's just say, <laughs> let's just say, no, uh, someone, Patrick, someone who uh, who does not sound put on at all, and someone who sounds natural and beautiful and heavenly and perfect is our wonderful sonic architect, Adam. Yes, well, it's my job to do so. Appreciate <laughs> so, that. Glad okay. to be here as always. Uh, we're back next week. We're just going to run now because again, I'm worried about this this recording time. But uh, you know, <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this journey of Jarl. Yeah, it's been an odyssey. I've listen loved it. to Alice in Chains, Temple of the Dog, all mm-hmm. of Craig's stuff. Basically, don't listen to the stuff I picked. <laughs> My name is Dave Hanratty. I have been hungover. This has been No Encore. Goodbye. I love you. Uh-huh.